I thought that was your boob. Brendan, <laughs> why did you just do that? Um, Bill Brass. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like taking your brow off. No, honestly, you should Oh, we're back with a bang. <laughs> what is this called again? Shrine Podcast presents. <laughs> Shrine Podcast presents Dublin Radio. This yeah. is going really well so far. Yeah. This is TV worth talking about. Shrine Podcasts presents Dublin Murders. Hi, you are listening to Shrine Podcast presents Dublin Murders. Dun dun dun. We're back. It's Brendan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. We had to kind of change how we name things. There was no pun. <laughs> because we because ran out of puns. We stopped yeah. picking shows that rhyme with the word shrine. <laughs> so we've now gone slightly more professional, but this series we are talking all about Dublin Murders, Sarah Phelps, brand new show that's come to the BBC RTE and Stars Network USA in November. And we've seen the first two episodes and it's bloody brilliant. So it's good. Gripping. It is gripping, and it's been a while since we've done this, guys. Yeah. So what's everyone been doing? Um, well, actually, uh, between all of us, I was trying to think, and you're the one who has, I think, the most news. What? Hello, look at your hand. Oh, yeah, I got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I Did like, you what? forget? Yeah, I was like, you talk about taking my bra off again. <laughs> yeah, so Hannah got engaged, uh, I got poor, and Brendan... Went on holiday? Yeah. Let's have a lovely time. <laughs> That's a good summer. So the last thing we talked about was Big Little Lies, season two. Yeah. Grant. It was Grant. Grant. <laughs> Grant. We were waiting for some mad twist to happen. Oh, we were sweating for a brilliant show, weren't we? And then along came a little press release a couple of weeks ago and we were like, this is right up our street. Yeah. Absolutely. A press release and an invite to meet the cast. Yeah. Meet the cast. Go on. So we've already met the cast. We were invited to a screener of this. No I wore biggie. fur. It was one of the most exciting evenings of my life. We were brushing shoulders with people we had no right to be there. Um, we did interview the cast. That is coming up momentarily. Our questions were, I think it's fair to say, ridiculous. Yeah, we compared to other people. Yeah. Like there was TV channels there. Yeah. And then there was us. We had two iPhones. <laughs> Um, and one brain cell. This mojo paraphernalia. We were like, oh, hiya, uh, one minute now. And like, one I'd, iPhone. People had literally like like cameras that rolled along the floor. And we had two <laughs> iPhones. You, you like guys lighting are, and everything. You guys are there ahead of me. I was late. I cycled in the rain. Oh, and yeah, I arrived I like I'd come backwards through a bush. So Brendan wasn't, meant to, <laughs> Brendan wasn't meant to be there. But we were so long in the queue. Or you were meant to come to see the screen. Yeah. Yeah. But not for the interview. But we were so long in the queue that Brendan arrived. And he had... Bike to cross <laughs> in the really driving had. rain. Puce yeah. by the time you got there, but it went okay. It did. Yeah, they're very nice. So we met Killian Scott yeah. and Sarah Green. So they're the two leads in Dublin Murders. Yeah. So Killian Scott um, is very well known in Ireland from a Love show Hate. called Love Hate. Yeah, which was a gangster drama that aired a couple of years ago that was all about the gangland. Do you know uh, I watched today? Can well, I just say, you guys about Watch Love Hate, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually watching back for clips of Tommy because I'm like, I haven't really watched Killian uh, Scott in something in years. And he has such a different accent. It's like a, a In Dublin murder. So I'm like, I'm yeah. going to go back and watch a few clips of Tommy on YouTube when I was eating my lunch just to like mm. remind myself of what he was like. And I was watching Nidge's wedding scene when they danced down the aisle. I 
was cracked. I don't think I appreciated that scene I don't for what it was. That. It's such oh a Oh my show. god, Brendan, it's Trish. so good. Trish, Trish so glam. I was like, oh, I want to be Trish. Also, the fizzy orange. Like he was having yeah, coffee in the first orange, episode. Yeah. I was like, is that fizzy orange? <laughs> uh, so for anyone who hasn't seen Love Eight, it's definitely worth checking yeah. out. Um, also, Sarah Green is an absolute queen. She's Love so, her. She's so nice. She's such good crack. She's so normal. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Stunning. Had a gorgeous Rickso dress on me and you guessed it, Rob, because we were eyeing her up because we were in the queue and we could see them for ages. Her dress was fab. We were like, betches from Rickso. Yeah. First thing we asked, she's like, oh, Rickso. We were like, knew yeah, it. Yeah, we knew it. We were also unintentionally all dressed twice, you know, we were coordinated. I saw someone tweeted that off the account. And I mean, were you going to chop me out the photo? I'm wearing a leopard print coat, you four in black and green. Oh, no. And someone tweets, oh, look how coordinated we all are. We were. I knew that was I'm an you. animal print in the side. Yeah, but the animal print, then the kind of jungly leaves on the dresses and the blouse. And I then the two of us piss were Piss off, Brendan. No. You and Killian Scott, Sarah Green and Rev are all wearing black and green. I'm in a leopard print fur coat on the end. And you're like, oh, look at us four also. I feel like it looks, it looks like an episode of the big reunion. Like it actually did look like a dysfunctional reforming boy band and girl band. Killian Scott's very tall. He is. Yeah, he is, yeah. Also learned an interesting fact. I'm not this. over this. Now, neither am I. Now, you dropped this into conversation and then we're like, oh, by the way, it's... I'm not going to the interview and you're doing it by yourselves. Now, off you go. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> so, Brendan, go on. The, the fact about Killian. Yeah, well, well, come on. So Killian Scott, real his, his real name is Killian Murphy, but he, when he started in the acting business, didn't want to be Killian Murphy because there was already a very established Killian Murphy, so he changed his name to Killian Scott. Killian with a K. Yes, yeah. and he's actually a C. And he's actually, he's literally yeah. Killian Murphy. Yeah. And also, his brother is very successful in the world of politics. He is our mm. Ireland's current housing minister. Yeah. A very good looking family and a very successful family at that. He was at the bloody screening. I didn't know where to look. I know. (laughs) We didn't know where to look. Also, Brendan also had a very interesting fact about Killian Scott, which we're going to get to when we play you a bit of the cast interviews. What did you think I was going to say? a recent um, date but we'll skip over I that I would never do that on a podcast are you would I? dating the minister for <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh call the now, lawyers <laughs> calm down this is how today is going to go well this evening yes because we're actually going to be podcasting and we're putting this out like straight yeah. away tonight we're putting it out tonight yeah. this is a very unusual and very confusing show when two weeks ago you're trying to google and figure out when it's going out how long it's running for trying to plan the next eight weeks of your life which are now four weeks because this show is going out on Mondays on the BBC Tuesdays on Tuesdays on the BBC and I'm putting an asterisk there because there is something I want to talk to the BBC about and then two episodes as a feature length going out on RTE every Wednesday yeah so we are going to be podcasting Wednesday evenings after we've watched it on the BBC and then uploading it into the night I feel like we're on channel 4 please do not swear because it's almost live. It's a do little bit I mean? live. Yeah. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Because with Line of Duty, we were like waiting three days. It took us so long to do the bleeding recaps. We were all <laughs> so <laughs> confused. <laughs> I'm like, lads, these aren't any shorter, let me tell you. This is a I thesis. Know, Jesus. And I have to say, I was slap myself in the face to stay awake last night, 25 to 11 BBC Northern On Ireland. A school night. Like, so too. And sorry, we have to do a recap in between then being here at eight o'clock in the morning. Are you joking me? 25 to 11. I was falling asleep on I the app. I am Norton on a season record. That's a Friday night. 
night. Yeah. <laughs> Do the Far people scheduling TV in Belfast not think we have any beds to go to? They are right. taking the piss Exhausted. out of us. I think it's only for one week though because I heard the continuity announcer saying oh. later than originally billed. Is so it because there was a match on fingers or something? Go- I haven't a clue. There was an Ireland no. match on. Let's blame know. Brexit. Yeah. Anyway, let's hope that that isn't a continuous thing because that's an, that's an issue for it me. It sounds now. like it'll be nine p.m. It's an next issue week. for me too. Yeah. I need to hear the BBC recap. BBC One, you mainland UK was nine p.m., but it was just the north of Ireland. That and then that's what in for all of us. Like if we have like a certain TV package, we all get BBC Northern Ireland. So I tuned in BBC One, but I wasn't able to record it, guys. I have so a question. hopefully it's back to nine next week. Can we just not? In as an apology for Brexit, and this is a personal opinion, give us access to the BBC player oh, on BBC please, One, not BBC Northern Ireland, BBC One, and I want the full player. Yeah, I don't understand why they wouldn't set up an international model where they like a Netflix thing that outside of the UK that I people know. in other countries would pay a tenner a month to or access sell the, the ad. iPlayer. Sell yeah. ads on them. I, like I'm watching Drag Race on World of Wonder. Uh, BBC, we've solved all app. of your financial problems. There exactly you go. all their financial yeah, problems. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so he- this is how it's going to go we're going to listen to our interview when we met the cast the two leads that is very exciting yeah then we are going to have Brendan are you recapping the first episode I'm doing episode one we're going to talk about episode one Rebecca's going to bring us to episode two thank god because I literally felt like I dreamed it it was on so late last night I was drooling Apart yeah. in terms of not over <laughs> the cast because I was falling asleep. So I woke up this morning and I did it this morning and I was way more alert. I was like, Jesus, there was something seriously wrong with me last yeah, night. Yeah, 20 past 12, I got into bed. And then we're going to do thoughts and theories. <laughs> not bitter at all. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I love the show. I love to enjoy it when I'm not asleep, though. <laughs> Loving the show. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. Exhausted. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to do thoughts and theories and then we're going to wrap it up. Perfect. So guys, we've already told you that we were lucky enough to meet the cast before the first episode was shown. We were invited to a screener in the lighthouse. So they were just there and we got to ask them questions. And then we all went in and watched the first episode together. And then there was a Q&A afterwards. It's brilliant. And we brought our phones and we recorded some of this. So I started by asking them what it was like to get, to co- to get the call to say that they got the role. I'm going to tell the truth. I was told I didn't get the part and I was absolutely gutted. And I was on holidays for my birthday in Italy and I checked IMDb every single day to see who had been cast because I knew I was meant to play this part. Oh, and I got home and about two weeks later maybe I got a call to say, actually, they want to cast you. That's my story. That's a good story. <laughs> so it's I, very was, I, I don't have a good story. I, I just got the part and I was very happy. <laughs> that's how that happened. I mean, it was close to the day, though. I think it was about, you know, three weeks out of... Three weeks, after, about three weeks after I got the gig, we were at the table reads. Mm-hmm. To read oh, through it. So, which is kind of good. You don't have too much time to sort of... Yeah, overthink m- it. Mess it up yeah, by overthinking it. it. Yeah. Just enough time to read the book. Well, I have plenty like... of time to freak out about it. <laughs> Guys, isn't she so normal? So normal. Yeah. Like, that's what anyone would do. Like, if they had applied for a job and they were waiting to find out if they get it. Like, you're checking your emails all day. Like, yeah. I just... Checking she's so down to earth. Yeah. And I'd say it's a really good lesson for people who are trying to get into that industry. Like, you sometimes don't get the roles the first time around. Like, exactly. that's okay. You might still get them. Yeah. And she's yeah. a... Do you know what I mean? She's the star of a BBC crime drama now. And she was still at that level of, like, did I get it? Did I get it? Like, and because I didn't get it, who got it over yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay, guys, so then we were asking them to describe Dublin murders in three words. I thought that was a clever question. A spooky, a thriller, psychological, sexy. That's fourth, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited for a face on them three words. <laughs> I can't, so <laughs> I'm just going to do that. Tortured, 
Yeah. Heartbreaking. Sexy. Friendship. <laughs> we keep saying sexy. 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 It's very sexy. I don't know. I did an the Iron Team was like, oh my god, the cast was so sexy. I was like, oh, yes, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Take a person. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, um, <laughs> 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 blushing. Load of rides. Sexy. They are a load of rides. I'm sorry. Sarah Green is so beautiful. And Killian was fab, blushing. Let's yeah. be honest. But there's loads of gorgeous people in it. Like his housemate as well. She's fab. Do you know what I mean? The guard. Yeah. The young fella. The detective. Oh, do you think? Failing? Yeah. Failing. Really? The, the I think he is. Has a beautiful, <laughs> symmetrical face for camera. Like he is, his cheekbones look so amazing in the light on camera. Anyway, okay. <laughs> right, guys. Up next, it's one of my favourite questions. Me and Rebecca were cackling right in this day when we were prepping for the interview so obviously <laughs> Killian, Killian Scott is from Dublin but he is playing a British person in this show no problem with that but Brendan wanted to know was he raging that he had to put on a British accent <laughs> you raging about the accent <laughs> he's fucking amazing at it is he? yeah yeah are you amazing at the accent? I can't say. I don't. Have know. you not seen it yet? That's a no, yes. No, we're about to watch it now. Yeah. We're going in blind. No. Oh no, he's he's amazing. <laughs> we're going to Were there any words that you found hard to say in the accent? Um, there are some words that I found hard to say in the accent. Like what? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I always find little hard to say in American accent. I always struggle with the L's. little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. <laughs> Leave him alone. If you're making him uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Poor Killian's okay. a bit shy now. Yeah. He was he blushed a lot during our interview. Do you know what though? I like he's actually so nice when yeah. you're in his presence. Like it's hard to he's not, maybe not coming across as friendly as he is there because you're not seeing his face. Oh, he's super friendly. Stuff, yeah. He's like a super nice guy. We were just asking him mad questions. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and speaking of mad questions, the next one was the show is set during the Celtic Tigers so the e- economic boom of 2006 and we wanted to know what the guys missed from that time. Buffalo runners. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the buffaloes. I love Do you remember buffaloes? Yeah. Well, I feel like buffaloes. that was maybe before. I worked in a restaurant and the tips were brilliant. Tips were really good. People were throwing money away. The glory day. Yeah. I had a pair of buffalo runners as well. Everyone had buffalo. They're runners. unbelievable. The pink ones. With Everyone the had everything the they wanted. That was yeah. the whole thing. What do buffalo runners look like? They're like big pink, like bright. You can get them in pink or like white or white and baby pink, and right. they're just a brand of runners yeah. and they're unreal. Like everyone knows what the Celtic Tiger was, don't they? Like if people are watching this in the BBC and they're from the UK, they know what we're talking about. Yeah. Basically, when Ireland got money for the first time, and everyone <laughs> went fucking mad, and everyone one hundred percent mortgages, full juicy couture tracks, one hundred percent mortgages. Deck shoes, on land. To, the IMF had to bail us out, had to oh, pay it back, and all oh, went. boots to school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, deck shoes to school as yeah. well. It's yeah. the reason our taxes are still so high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an unusual time. And then Brandon, just to finish it <laughs> off, uh, you had to make it a little bit awkward for them at the end. So I won't give it away. I'll just play what happened. Go on. We're going to leave it on a really weird note. We have history, Killian. I don't know if you remember. Okay. (laughs) We we once had dinner in Berlin on New Year's Eve. Look, you're so confused. With Tom and James. No? Oh my God, he doesn't remember. Tom Tom and James, who work in like TV Moneyland. They're like accountants in television. Oh my God. Thank God. It wasn't quite New Year's Eve, but it yeah. was New so Year's that's what I was stuck on. Yeah. Because I was like, that, no, that okay. never happened. Yeah, it was, but yes, that, that did happen. 
Yes. It was very pleasant. I'm sorry that I thank didn't remember you. that. I hope you And thank you for recording all of this. Uh, <laughs> this awkward interaction. Sorry, oh, that's so sweet. I'm so, that's, yes, in, and I remember the restaurant, Monsieur yeah, Vaughn. Yeah, 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 Meta. That's so random. It was very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I like his face at the start, though. You know, when someone's like, "We have history," you're like, "What?" It we have so a video awkward. of this. We need to post it somewhere yeah. because the man, I there was about five feet between him <laughs> and Brendan. He was absolutely shocked. I wanted the ground to swallow me. The, the, the period the of realization was like, "Come on, you know what I mean?" Like the period of realization him. went on for so long that I was like, "Of course, he doesn't remember Brendan New Year's Eve in Berlin." <laughs> But then he did, Brendan, and it was very pleasant. He knew the name of the restaurant. Brendan, we bumped into him another night out in Dublin as well, like (laughs) literally five or six years ago. This is what I love about Dublin. You literally could see anyone. At the height of love-hate. The height of love-hate. And we were fangirling at him in the South William Bar on South William Street. We were. He's very friendly then as well. He was very (laughs) friendly then, yeah. So that's what happened when we met them. We were very giddy about it at the time. Couldn't have gone better, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Celtic Tiger question I just see someone's face and they're like what the fuck as it was coming out of my mouth I was like we've made a terrible mistake <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we thought that was bad we've and then I was like the we went for dinner together in Berlin and what felt like an eternity <laughs> happened <laughs> and then he eventually went oh that was pleasant yeah <laughs> well, anyway, anyway guys so listen, to we say they won't be coming on the show <laughs> <laughs> So, Brendan, you're going to give me a recap next. I well, am. not me, us. Yeah. And I'm very excited about it. <laughs> She's here as well. Now, I've seen episode one twice. I've got a handle on episode one. Episode two, don't have a fucking clue what happened. So I'm really excited for your recap. There's plenty of detail. <laughs> There's loads of detail. Brendan, yeah. Dublin Murders, season okay. one, episode one. Off you go. Okay. Uh, so Dublin Murders is the latest crime drama we're obsessing over. It's new, based on two books by the author Tanya French called Into the Woods and The Likeness. They've been lovingly mashed together by screenwriter Sarah Phelps. Love Sarah. Icon. We, she was at that screening we were at of the first episode. She spoke about it. We'll talk about, about that more in a while. But adore Sarah. Uh, what you need to know, the story is based around a murder in a forest on the outskirts of Dublin. It's intertwined with the disappearance of two children in the same forest in the 80s. Two main characters, Detective Rob Riley, played by Killian Scott, and Cassie went for dinner once in Berlin, and <laughs> Cassie Maddox, played by Sarah Green. Set in 2006, the height of Ireland's latest, uh, last economic boom, known as the Celtic Tiger. Okay, opening scene. Killian wow. Scott, talking uh, uh, to Sarah Green, appears to be reading from a diary that reads, We always think the ones who get away are the lucky ones. What if the killed are the lucky ones? It's kind of caught with scenes of a ballerina in like one of the little music boxes and kids cycling around on bikes into a forest. The ones who get left are just too slow, too stupid, too muddy, too dumb. Cassie says, we won't see each other again and gets up and walks out of the room. The opening credits roll. Uh, it comes up on screen and says, Dublin, 2006, four months earlier than that conversation that we just heard. Oh Rob, I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Sweating to know what. Because yeah. they're not friends at the end of that. No. Jesus, you know when you start, you're sitting down, you're having yeah. a cup of tea, you miss that. That's so important so the to the very start. the bit that we saw at the start is Cassie going, we're done, good yeah. luck. And then you're straight into, here's an example of just how close they were just yeah. four months ago. Yeah. Uh, so Rob and Cassie are called to a murder at, at a petroleum station. That's autocorrect. I did write petrol station. Um, this, on the copy and paste. <laughs> this is them at work together as detectives. The shopkeeper is dead behind the counter, soaked in blood. Poor Cassie isn't tall enough to look over the till. And without even speaking, Rob picks up the shopkeeper's stool, places it at Cassie's feet so she can stand on it to look over the till. Then when she's standing, he puts his finger into the back loop of her belt to stop her falling forward. It's cosy, 
but it's not romantic. It was so intimate. There's though. history so there. Though, isn't it? I was yeah. bashing Craig last night. I was like, Craig, will you look what he does? Will you look what he does? It's so cute. <laughs> Your man's soaked in blood. You never do it for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think it's supposed to be romantic, but it kind of signals that they've been a team maybe for a very long time. Um, the Oh yeah, sorry, this is my side notes. The continuity guys have done great work I've written here. Uh, car car registrations, other little details. I even think that the petrol prices were 2006 levels. Stop I swear to God, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I, I could be wrong. Cars, yeah. I was like, I think petrol's more expensive I than that now. I was staring for you products that dry, have only been made. <laughs> <laughs> I always oh, keep an eye. Do you? Yeah, Good for it's you. so sad. Um, <laughs> next we see, uh, next we see Cassie and Rob question suspects in an interview suite. At this point, in case we didn't know, it's made explicitly clear that Killian Scott is playing an English man. The suspects, <laughs> al- <laughs> the suspects Rob. alibi. Rob, um, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I've been thinking about his yeah. accent. It's a, it's a bit. Um, who's the actor? I'm trying to think of. Uh, it's a bit Tom Hardy. Yeah. Now, like we've all seen the episode, I'm more comfortable with the accent now, knowing that he was a child yes. that was born in mm-hmm. Ireland that went to England. Yeah. I can, I can yeah. comfortably accept. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes sense um, where we're at with yeah. the accent. So the suspect's alibi is that he was off pleasuring a woman at the time that the man in the petrol station was killed. He gestures with his fingers and his tongue, then asks Rob if the English even do that. <laughs> um, Cassie interjects. Great Dublin accent from Sarah Green, by the way. A- absolutely spot on. Yeah, isn't loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they then move on to the, to the male suspect's girlfriend. Rob tells her that the boyfriend says that she killed the shopkeeper from behind the two-way glass. Cassie counts down from three to one to the exact moment that Rob is going to make her crack and she nails it. She's just like, three, two, one. And your one just goes, Wah! Now your one was sitting behind us. Exactly. She's sitting right behind us. Oh, was she? Yeah. Scarlet. Um... Uh, Cassie then joins Rob in the room and between them they get her to rat on their fella uh, a few like knowing looks thrown to each other a nice way looks. to set yeah a nice way to set it up to show us how well they work together um, feel like there's maybe something more not sexual but something where these were my notes so obviously when I wrote this I'd only seen episode one I hadn't seen episode two so get me um, Rob and Cassie uh, meet down by the water for some sandwiches with both red and brown sauce on them he calls her a monster she made them with both those sauces uh, Rob heads back to the station to a round of applause from his colleagues but not from his boss who says all you did was your job Riley no need to look smug Rob says it's just me face uh, the boss then asks where is the other one meaning Cassie Rob says she's in court for a case uh, from before she joined the murder squad at this point the boss I didn't I missed the boss's name O'Kelly O'Kelly yeah. O'Kelly he has lines up there oh, with Ted Hastings absolutely I agree with you yeah. up there I'm like give it to me hook it yeah. into my veins I was so trying good. to think remember um, line of ju- juicy yeah line of juicy Lines we of need juicy. something a like killer that. line of the night oh my god yeah. killer line so O'Kelly tells Rob to get up off his arse and get out to the country that the local guards have called in a murder. Um, he then turns around to the guard sitting opposite Rob, who's wearing a pair of horrendous <laughs> cowboy boots. It's 2006. Right? Yeah. It's so yeah, this like fella is only there. sweating to pair up with Rob. Like he's trying to like get rid of Cassie. He's like, you and me should team up, whatever. Yeah, him and the boots. Jessica cuts. Simpson, like public affair, like, yeah. Co- the Nicholas yeah. Shea marriage period. To- yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. around that time. They were in. <laughs> So O'Kelly turns around and goes, 
what the fuck are these? Oh, so you're the sheriff now. Are you going to ride into town and make a giant tit sandwich out of yourself? <laughs> then tells him to go back to his desk and go and do some work. That's a killer line. All I wrote was tit sandwich <laughs> in my notes for episode one. I was like, tit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yes. Um, O'Kelly hands Rob a slip of paper with the location of the body. Rob looks like he's seen a ghost when he reads it. Looks a bit shifty and leaves the office. Back in court, Cassie's dealing with a custody case or what sounds like a custody case to me. There's a strange man watching proceedings from the gallery. Mid. <laughs> Nidge uh, Played by Tom Vaughn Lawler Who played Nidge in Love Hate He has such a about. presence An ominous presence The back of his head You'd know the back of that head from it's anywhere his neck. It's his neck Yeah And the ears uh, In the corridors of the courthouse uh, Cassie meets Who I thought Was, was a solicitor um, At the time And asks him what he's working on He says A 12 year old scrote Who drove a stolen car Into his mother's front room Because he didn't like What she made him for dinner Said scrote then walks past And calls him <laughs> A culty dickhead <laughs> <laughs> Obviously didn't get him off. So that is Sam O'Neill. He is Cassie's boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. The, yeah I put that together. Colchie is yeah. someone from the country for anyone. Yeah. You know the way because it's real. It's a real Irish oh God, slang yeah. word, like yeah. so. Yeah, um, someone who doesn't live in Dublin. Yeah. So Rob is in the car waiting outside the court. Cassie jumps in, watched by. Tom Wall Lawler who was watching her from the gallery in court uh, Cassie asks Rob where the body is he tells her it's in a place called Knocknery her face drops and he says I didn't know until it was too late do you hear that's apparently in Sligo and everyone's going mad apparently it's a real place you know it is yeah. I forgot to google it yeah so I, I saw that on Twitter that it's in yeah it's the, in Sligo yeah, I think it? it's in Sligo or oh, really? Longford or something oh, like that okay yeah there's somewhere it's in the Dublin mountains though called Knockna something isn't there yeah, anyway, um, so he says, I didn't, her face drops. He goes, I didn't know until it was too late. Mm-hmm. Cassie goes, is it the woods? He doesn't say anything, but he just nods. Uh, cut back to those same images of young kids then cycling around on bikes, like around a forest. Rob and Cassie arrive at the murder scene. There's already local guards there. As they walk into the woods, it's cut with images of those same young kids cycling into woods, running around. Um, the body that was found in the current episode was found because a new motorway is being built and works that started kind of excavation works. Uh, two archaeologists uh, found the remains. Um, we hear the kids in the flashback saying, come on, Adam, come on, Adam, wait up. Uh, Rob and Cassie examine the body. It's uh, Catherine Devlin, a 13-year-old who was reported missing yesterday. Um, the whole time there are like these glances between Rob and Cassie as they look around the forest, they look up at the sky, they look down. Um, Very true detective, isn't it? That the whole body, the altar. Yeah, especially yeah. last Woods. season, the most recent season of True Detective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the girl uh, is laid out on some sort of uh, an altar, but the forensic lady at the scene tells Rob and Cassie that this isn't the kill site. Uh, she says to Rob and Cassie that everyone is asking, has this got something to do with the others from back in the 80s? They were the same age, weren't they? She says 12, 13. Uh, cue another stare between Rob and Cassie before retreated to a flashback to the 16th of August, 1985. Um, we see two boys and a girl running through uh, the forest. One of the boys is trading behind, calling out for Peter and Jamie. Back to the present day and uh, to the uh, first of some light relief, Rob and Cassie are, are confronted by the site director, Mark Hanley. Uh, he's quite abrasive. He's mm. pissed off and he wants to know when he can get built on his motorway, basically. Human. Um, when Rob tries to calm him down by calling him Mr. Hanley, Mr. Hanley is very quick to correct him and inform Rob that Mr. Hanley is in fact Dr. Hanley. Um, oh, there we also, all know. So You know what I yeah, mean? We've yeah. all had one of those moments. Yeah. This fella, is he the fella off the board be a... Love a sausage ad. No, he's now very, very handsome man. Very recognizable. He could be off the board. Uh, Do you know the Adam on about where he's at the the frying pan? He's like pricking the sausages. See, we're not in. We don't. You know the meat. Well, we're all staunch vegans around here. I forgot. Brenda's cover's been blown. (laughs) 
I, d- pork? I don't know what you're talking about. Move on. Uh, anyway, um, so Dr. Hanley is awful inconvenienced. And uh, when Cassie asks him if he's noticed anyone suspicious lately, he says, yeah, loads of them walking around with signs over their head reading fucking weirdo. Did you pull that one out of your policeman's book of shit questions? Oh, the banter brigade is in full tow. So Cassie just turns around and like just deadpan goes, thanks for your time, Dr. Hanley. He sounds like someone who would say as per my email below, you know, as per my previous email, you're like, okay, right. You're one of those. Uh, Every day to learn a school day. Is that that thing? Yeah, yeah. Rob and Cassie back sitting in the car. The radio is on. There's a news report on and it's talking about the the body find, but links back to the, the same site in the 80s case. Uh, Rob and Cassie caught the family of the dead girl. The neighbours are all out. Uh, one of the mothers grabs the son by the collar. She's like, come here, you. Like, <laughs> and like just drags him up the drive. Um, you can't be a Dublin accent. No, I love it. Can. Yeah. Uh, the Devlins are an odd family. Uh, that's fair to say, it isn't is it? It's like the virgin suicides. Ter- like, absolutely terrifying. Like that movie, quick, yeah, they? Jesus it just Christ, rem- I don't know who I'm more afraid of. So, Rob and Cassie tell them that their daughter's body has been found. Um, so, in the house, there's her mother, her father, and two sisters. They're all dressed very conservatively. And then I've written here almost Amish. Oh my God, I was about to say yeah. almost yeah. Amish. Especially your one, Rosalind. Yeah. Um, the mother, if she isn't on sedatives, needs to be on sedatives. The youngest daughter pukes when she hears the news. The dad says he thought that she was in bed or gone training. Uh, Rob goes up to search Katie's room, finds a ballerina music box, newspaper cutouts of Katie's success as a ballerina. Um, Katie normally shares a room with her younger sister, but the older sister says the younger sister was in with her that night that Katie went missing. Didn't hear anything, didn't notice anything. Jessica. Mm-hmm. Downstairs, the dad tells Cassie that Katie got into ballet school and was to start in September. The mother freaks out. She just screams. And then the younger daughter mimics the mother's scream, but right into Rob's face. (laughs) It's so strange. How did he film that? I'm sorry. How did the two of them do that? And your one was there as well. Remember she walked past us at the drinks reception? Yes, yes. So that is one actress, Amy Mackin, that's playing those twins. Yeah. Mm. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh my God, amazing. It's like the parent trap, except way more grim. Literally Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Except I hope she doesn't open a beach club and make <laughs> slap her employees <laughs> allegedly slap her employees allegedly allegedly um, then she just turns around and she just like really coldly and matter of fact she just goes Katie's dead like just <laughs> Katie's dead so weird um, so after like it being introduced to that family in that house we needed some more light relief um, and in rolls oh, so, <laughs> I am obsessed so with Rob this and Cassie uh, head out onto the street to be greeted by my favourite character of episode one the woman on the mobility scooter <laughs> she zooms up to Rob gesturing at the bunch of flowers she has in her basket I had them ready she tells him you pray for good news but it's never likely I had them the ready. woman bought flowers for the dead daughter who hasn't, even, who hasn't even died yet. There is a woman like that on every road in Ireland. <laughs> every she single really road. Over, that uh, is my Gillian Scotch. Never mind your foot now, but it was that moment we were all sitting in the cinema screen together and we were just like, now we knew we were going to podcast and we were dead into the show, but it was at that moment we were yeah, like, we're oh, like, this is oh, yeah, right up it. our street yeah. now. Um, the dance teacher arrives looking for Katie. We know she's the dance teacher because the woman in the mobility scooter tells Rob that's who she is. She says she knows everyone. The curse of getting old, you see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, Brendan. Then Rob... Uh, that was so good. Cool, she then asks Rob if there's anything 
me. I'm just really an old Dublin woman at heart. <laughs> you are. Um, you look that's so a panto level of accent. Yeah, that, that was, was perfect. Sign me up. Sammy sausages. Yeah. <laughs> um, she then asks Rob if there's anything to suggest that Katie's death, death is like the other children. He says no. Sorry, I'm really giddy. Um, he says no. Um, she says that her mother told her that the kids in the 80s would never be found. And for her parting shot, she tells Rob, the English man, that I always liked the English. Many don't, but I did. And then goes, mind your feet there now, young man. And <laughs> zooms, zooms towards the Devon household to deliver her premature bunch of flowers. Oh, brilliant, Brendan. Like, we like that was it that was real stuff that tit sandwich and that for episode <laughs> so, one I so was good. cackling yeah um, Cassie makes Rob drive them somewhere quiet tries to convince him to drop the case she says this one is not for us uh, says that um, her head is uh, t- you know that they would say tell O'Reilly is O'Reilly the boss O'Kelly O'Kelly, O'Kelly. sorry that um I just have the boss written everywhere um, that her head is wrecked from working dead kids Rob says that's not true she says we absolutely cannot do this one and tells Rob you know why you can't do it um, and then she goes are we okay and he says we're always okay Cass always oh and he called her Cass Cassie. and I was like oh I just love her already yeah uh, cut to a nursing home the news is on the telly again linking the current location with the 80s missing kids a staff member wheeling in a trolley of tea changes the channel she don't want to watch that on to the weakest link Do-do-do-do. now when I say you had it clocked I there was a Me, yeah. nanosecond and you were like the weakest link the weakest link <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you're one Anne what's her second name oh, oh my god shit. oh my god I know Anne Robinson Robinson, Robinson yeah. but like the shade she used to throw was iconic it's a brilliant yeah. joke it is brilliant um, now we're down the Docklands outside some shiny offices and more side notes I thought the current Dublin skyline lends itself to the Celtic Tiger boom of the cranes, cranes oh, yeah. everywhere. The cranes yeah. are yeah. back at the moment. So I say they were thrilled. They're just like, yeah, grand. Well, we have just the Celtic here. Phoenix now, apparently. Mm. Ah, Jason, I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, I don't um, own a house, so. <laughs> so a fella who appears to be homeless is hanging around outside some offices, and then a suited man gets out of a fancy car. The homeless-looking fella says, "Cahill, it's happened again." Knocknery. Cahill tells him to keep his voice down, gives the money to buy a toothbrush and some wet wipes, and tells him to fuck off. Cahill's bastard. Yeah. The homeless oh, fella says, our evil, ours, you, me and Janet and the two of us, we can't escape. Cahill says, come back again and I'll have you kneecapped. Which is very um, line of duty, Ted, Belfast, yeah, all that storyline thing now, to you do. know the guy, I don't know his name. So yeah. the, the, the the homeless fella that I'm calling Doesn't he have the most unusual face? I feel like he looks gorgeous. like he could... Absolutely. Yeah, he is gorgeous. Like, yeah. looks like he could have been like a movie star that yeah. did westerns in the 50s in Hollywood, I feel. And yeah. it's just covered in like that oil that you put on a, a fence you know the stuff that you I'm like I'm sorry like Michael Fast. what do we know his name Colin Farrell like why are I, am I, re- don't we yet, don't know anyway, his name no. no. and I couldn't find on the IMDB no okay yeah um, back in the it's O'Kelly or O'Reilly it's O'Kelly O'Kelly thanks sorry I'm just going to write that on every think page think okay it's yeah. okay to um, get it right so back or okay to get it wrong uh, back in the station Rob and Cassie are briefing O'Kelly on the case uh, Rob surmises surmises did I write that word that Mrs. Devlin is on some sort of tranks and that the daughters have a learning difficulty says the dad leads the campaign to stop the motorway being built yes um, O'Kelly says I'm getting bollocks off the press wanking themselves into a frenzy is it a serial killer who takes 21 years off in between kills hate the press I'd rather set the dogs on them like but it really does describe how you know when people are like oh my god that's linked to that it is you know yeah. we all want to believe that we're yeah. watching a TV show sometimes yeah. you know um, he then says to them three kids go into a forest only one comes out tells Rob and Cassie to go down into the archives and see if anything was missed on the 
Germain and Adam Peter Germain and Adam case uh, then shouts at Cassie because she looks a bit mopey says if I wanted female detectives working here at all I would have at least got ones with big tits bang out of order yeah horrified she says you don't get to speak to me like that and it's Jamie that's the name Germain liked to be called so if you're going to talk about it like that have the decency to use the name she preferred she gets quite passionate here and it feels personal and that her anger is over the use of the name and not the tits comment I feel like she knew Jamie do you? Yeah, I just was the like, way she I was like, does was, she know Jamie? Is she Jamie? Is she Jamie? Yeah, because just the way... Well, we know she has another name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Lexi, but, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We still don't know if that was her, if her current name is her actual yeah. name. Guys, you know? I have a few bits to tell you now later on, so just remember that. Juicy. Uh, Cassie leaves the room and then O'Kelly says, uh, normally they just, if he if he makes a comment about big tits, he said, normally they just turn around and go, well, nobody can have bigger tits than you. <laughs> um, then here, Rob tries to plant the seed of, oh, Cassie's drinking too much, not dealing well yeah. with dead kids, blah, 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 blah. O'Kelly then goes, he t- doesn't care about all that. She t- and he just goes, she's going to report me to HR. He's like, I was only joking obviously um, again in the office Cassie reminds Rob they agreed they're not going to do this case he says he didn't say otherwise but you can tell by him he has no intention of giving it up Rob heads downstairs to the archives they um, look like they smell the archives yeah you can smell yeah the, and yeah. the like dust and yeah. yeah and this bit I loved so he's walking along the rows searching for the evidence and then the scene keeps cutting to the forest in the 80s of the guards searching Looking for, for the kids yeah. and it's just yeah it's uh, it's good and then he shoves the evidence box right up into the camera and then it says Knock Noreen Knock like, Noreen 1985 yeah um, and then he lays out what's inside uh, what's inside on a table there's a tape recorder with a top 20 mixtape inside photos of Jamie Adam and Peter and there's bloody socks and shoes and clothes that are cut the scene cuts between the 80s and the present day a young kid in hospital the doctor takes his bloody clothes off but underneath the boy has no cuts and it's not his blood and the doctor tells the parents that he's that there's no injuries there. I was gasping now yeah um, Rob takes out a small yellow top with cuts on it it's the one we've seen in the flashback looks around the room and then, like, sn- brings it up to his face and sniffs it. Like, you might sniff, like, a dead relative's item of clothing. Did it, you guys that you were remem- you putting it together? Or your top to see if it's clean. Yeah. Like, you... <laughs> that yeah. was the but moment, was though. That that sentimental was try- sniff. Sent- a, a sentimental, sentimental sniff. A sentimental sniff. That is excellent. God. But that is when I... We all were like... I think everybody was like, oh, he's your man now. <laughs> Rob is Adam Adam is Rob or it was someone he knew yeah Yeah. Um, back at the Devlins it's night time everyone's asleep the dad wakes up and walks into one of the daughter's rooms nobody in it so weird no one's in it so he creeps across the landing to the other room sees the two sisters asleep in the one bed what we can see from the other camera angle is that actually the older sister is awake or either sleeps with her eyes open which I wouldn't rule out as possibility terrifying (laughs) Um, (laughs) Rob is laying on his bed passed out in his boxers he's having a nightmare about a wolf in a forest which comes into his room he wakes with a fall to the floor gets a hot shower to release a, a, a muscle neck. in his neck shoulder that was Hannah last and week and cracks it out Hannah pulled her neck last it's week she had the heat that's patch how I got her. out of bed last week I had a heat patch on the lighthouse yeah. I remember yeah. <laughs> I loved the wolf element that supernatural element because yeah. I know that we've we've heard that there is a bit of a gothic feel and a super you know and it it was lovely to see that yeah. wolf yeah I mean that, that wolf was stunning as well yeah it was deadly uh, Rob goes into the kitchen to get frozen peas to put on his shoulder uh, when his house Housemate comes in raging at him for waking her. Now, Helen is someone you'd hate to house share with. 
all of her foods are labelled. Like you open <laughs> open the fridge and it's like her initials are on everything. H. She a tells woman them, literally line of duty. Oh, well, H. Yeah. <laughs> H is in that fridge in Rob Riley's house. Like so, she t- where's Jackie Laverty? Um, yeah. So she tells him not to smoke in his room. It aggravates my asthma. He says, Jesus, we should get you to hospital right now, pet. And she tells him that the frozen peas that he's holding to his neck are hers. She's like, see a H. He says, Oh, I thought that was an R. Just like you thought you had asthma. He's like, you need to suck on a lozenge. It would sort you right out. You could tell they were riding that yeah, yeah, in yeah. that scene. Yeah. Um, Playground bullying type thing. Yeah. yeah. Then I, she, yeah, oh, it was that. She turns around then and goes, uh, by the way, I binned your cheddar. It was mouldy. And it's your turn to buy bleach and loo roll. And then she just goes back to bed. Um, nighttime, up on the road towards the motorway works where the forest, the entrance to the, the, the murder scene. Well, not the murder scene because she wasn't killed there. Um, we see the homeless guy who confronted the guy outside the offices, walking up the road with a tin of paint in his hands. That's it. That's all we see. Let's call him Paint Man. Paint Man. Paint Man. Okay, okay yeah. Paint no, because I, I had a real question mark. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rob calls over to Cassie's house, which is far swankier than his. Excuse me? She I'm so tells glad you're all acknowledging A sea view? Like, I was like, we were in the boom, but press. We were in a like, Georgian house. In Black Rock. Beside the dark station. He's renting Dead. with somebody in a like tiny flat and she's in this gorgeous house so anyway he calls over she tells him that he shouldn't have screwed his landlady so that's the first so we're like ah okay don't shit where you eat yeah he says <laughs> I didn't think she'd take it out on the cheddar um, Cassie pours him two whiskeys and says let's not pretend it's been a normal day uh, says that did you notice Rosalind Devlin the sister wasn't wearing a bra Rob sees the cases on her mind and he's only thrilled that she's changing her mind and she's like kind of into it and she's going to stay on it, thinking about it. what she, was the bra comment about I don't know I think it was, was more implying. like uh, she doesn't choose her own clothes she doesn't yeah. she, she's, she's not like dressing her age I, yeah they're not she, acknowledging that she's an like that she's a teenager perfect. she's not a normal teenager it's yeah. something's not right there okay. where was her bra okay. like, yeah um, yeah Robin, Yours is on the floor. <laughs> never heard the bloody end of us. Rob and Cassie head to the morgue. Quigley, who's the cop yes. with the sheriff boots, meets them there. Um, he says the boss sent him along because he wants to laugh at him when he pukes at the sight of Katie's dead body. Uh, Cassie just goes, breathe quickly through your mouth. Um, I loved the post-mortem scene. Like, the pathologist was just so matter-of-fact. He really so was. He just goes, stomach contents, a meal consisting of beans on toast. Classic dish. I enjoyed myself. Um, oh, you're full of amino acids for the day. Mm. Uh, he goes through the details of the post-mortem, says two blows with an object of considerable weight, a lot of blood. What killed her was a plastic bag over her head. Suffocation complicated by blunt force trauma. He says she struggled. There was no sign of sexual assault. She wasn't killed in the woods. Her body was moved there. As he's describing all this, Quigley looks peaky, to say the least. Um, the pathologist turns around and goes, um, are you going to vomit? <laughs> And uh, he goes, I have to make a call. And he runs off. Uh, Cassie goes up to Katie's body at the end and kind of goes to the feet. Mm. And she's like, oh, sweetheart, uh, your poor little feet. And then Rob ushers her away. And there was something about bloodied feet in the earlier flashback when Rob first went to the uh, evidence. So there's something going on there with feet. With the feet, yeah. Back in Cassie's uh, gorgeous home, the mystery man from the gallery in court, who was kind of kept eyes on Cassie, is now in Cassie's house, snooping around. He places the bottle top back on the whiskey. Uh, Looks at photos, looks at photos which show Cassie and the guy who I just keep calling a solicitor. O'Neill. Sam O'Neill. Sam O'Neill. Looking very much like a couple. Mo Dunford. We now know that they are a couple. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, great recall. Thank you, guys. <laughs> There's a voicemail playing in the background and he's saying, I was hoping to catch you, but you're obviously not home. Rob and Cassie pull up in their car outside while Mystery Man is inside. And Cassie says to Rob, bring flowers and give her a hug. Cassie goes off inside, strips off to shower before noticing the lid of the whiskey bottle. Doesn't seem to bother her though. She just kind of taps it. She's like, noted. She knew. She's yeah, just like, noted. Someone's been here. It's mm. uh, back up at the mountains. Our paint tin paint man, paint man, paint, paint man. man, has completed his work across a large billboard that reads Malin Davis Construction, land acquired for fur- uh, future motorway development. He's painted the words "He rises, he rises" in big black letters. Uh, Rob arrives at that nursing I'm home. I'm obsessed with this. The show. he rises makes me think of like a king of the woods, and he's or back. Somebody's it's back from the dead. Like yeah, yeah. it, it reminds me so of Riverdale old. last season as well, like the gargoyle king. Do you know what oh, I mean? If this goes a bit sci-fi now, you're it gonna won't. lose me. It, give it I'll to me. Gone. Um, so we, yeah. So sorry, Rob arrives at that nursing home that we saw earlier on in the episode with a bunch of flowers in his hand. <laughs> note here wonder if he got them in the same place that the mobility scooter lady did um, flashback again uh, the kid in hospital again um, walks, Rob walks inside to find the same woman who turned off the Knocknery news earlier in the nursing home mm. he turns around and he goes hello mum and she says hello mom. Adam Adam yeah. yeah she says hello Adam and he says you need to be careful calling me that bum, 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 so bum, bum, there we go like it's now confirmed um, he hands her the flowers and he gives her the hug like Cassie told him to flashback to him as a kid in hospital waking up in bed the dad says Adam where are Peter and Jamie what happened what happened then a flashback of Jamie's mother banging on their front door going Adam where is Jamie I find that very upsetting uh, that yeah seems really and asks really him to explain what happened in the forest and then Adam's parents are just kind of sh- you know sh- um, kind of huddling around him yeah. on the stairs and they're like leave him alone leave him alone leave him alone um then we see Adam's parents leaving him off at a boarding school in England and the episode finishes yeah the episode finishes uh, by Adam saying to the head teacher my middle name is Robert I want to be Robert now that kid's so precious yes he's so cute so yeah, yeah if you didn't get it from there there's 75 clues he literally so, spoke it into your face at the end yeah, of the episode Rob I Adam. am Robert how yeah. on earth did he did no one notice in the, did he do background checks That's in the guardie in the guard yeah I know <laughs> Bloody hell. How many fathers were in that? Um, No, I don't understand. Tana French, incredible novelist. Sorry, did I get her name wrong? Tana, no, you said it right. Brilliant stories. How is he investigating his own case? How does no one recognise him? How has it not been linked? Yeah. I'm sorry. And there's a bit coming up in your episode that I loved as well. Gimme, gimme. Yeah, no, I'm, I had, I'm glad I had to watch the episode three times because <laughs> the, there's a lot of dialogue mm. and it's so well crafted and written that you almost kind of go, because uh, uh, you're getting all these golden nuggets mm. in things that you mightn't. Yeah. You know, and that's what we love that type of show. I'm setting up a corkscrew board, guys, with pins and wire and I'm going to solve this myself. Yes. Yeah. That's where I'm at with this now. I love it. I'm so thrilled that we have a show of this calibre with Irish actors in it called Dublin Murders. It's set, so in, it's set in Dublin, filmed in Dublin and, and like, in Belfast. And Black Rock there. It's yeah. Bleeding O'Connell Street. That's so exciting because we've been watching shows of this level on American channels and UK channels for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we have our own. Absolutely. 
Now, guys, was there any other, like, at the start of, sorry, at the end of episode one, were there any bits that you were like, oh, I'm this person saw you, that person saw you? I know that we've seen episode two now, so it does kind of, maybe will we keep them until after episode two? But we haven't had a bit now. I didn't have anything to say after episode one, to be honest. The dad. The the dad's dodgy. The dad. Absolute maniac. Bad temper. Why is his wife so fucked up? Why are his whole family so weird? I feel like it's his fault. And um, and Nidge's character, not Nidge. We know his name is Frank now, but his character was just, for someone not to have one line in a whole episode yeah. and that powerful of an actor it's he's phenomenal it's insane yeah. also mobility nan oh, um she knows favorite. shit like we haven't she, seen the last of her do you think she knows much okay what did she say she they've gone under everything. the hill with the old ones yeah. come on now she knows everything yeah, she does. I almost can't too get over much. the fact that she bought the flowers before your mum was dead yes, I, yeah. I'm obsessed so I suppose it's good like neither of us none of us have read the books no yeah. no and I'm glad I haven't same I, I love our wild theories that we can have now and Noah can be like no that didn't happen in the book you know what I mean same yeah. I've read Hannah uh, French's most recent book The Witch Elm came out two years ago brilliant and I was about to start on the Dublin Murder Squad series of six of them which is great news for us because it means there'll be more shows Yeah. Um, but I didn't and then they announced this and I was like, I'm not going to because I want to go in literally not having a clue what's going on, yeah. which is where I'm at. Are we ready for my Montesis? I'm so ready because I've only watched this once. Yeah, and I, I need I a need recap. This. Yeah, same. Yeah. I educated myself by transcribing. Do you know e- what I mean? Educate it's an education. Us. Okay, We're ready for it. Episode two opens with a flashback showing a group of kids cornering Adam and asking him where Peter and Jamie are and what he did to them. They start to throw rocks at Adam before he wakes up suddenly in bed in boarding school. Adam shouts, Adam's shouts and screams from his nightmare have woken up the other kids. The next day, we see him writing a letter to Peter and Jamie asking for them to come back. If you come back, I can go home, he writes. We then see Adam running through a field with his classmates. However, he hangs back and he leaves his letter inside a tree, one of many. It's like he's talking to them through the woods. She loves a tree. That yeah. whole time in the French, that whole new book's about a tree. It's like they're communicating through the, you know, that's his way of writing to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, elsewhere, Rob is in his car looking through old files about the 1985 case. He stumbles upon files on Cahill, uh, Cahill Mills, Shane Waters and Jonathan Devlin, who is Katie's dad. He looks so shocked and then he fecks his coffee cup out of the window. Very dot line we of duty. Love season three. Cup. I was, when I saw that, I was like, oh, Hannah's going to love this. Love it. Um, meanwhile, Cassie leaves her glam gaff in Black Rock and she walks with purpose to the dart station it's very close to our house yeah um it all gets very tense though when we see the mysterious uh tom von lawler aka frank at the station and then he slowly starts to walk down the carriage towards her on the dart when she eventually looks over her shoulder he's gone vanished Mm. poof (laughs) winding her up winding her up also really nice shots of dublin in this like Dublin. yeah, Looks like looking gorgeous, great. Yeah. And wait till I tell you later on what the Belfast Telegraph said. I was absolutely <laughs> raging. <laughs> Go on. At the morgue, Katie's dad reveals that he's lost his. He had lost his job and he can't afford to pay for a coffin. He's then asked to identify her body. Out in the waiting room, Cassie asks Jonathan if there's anyone who would want to do this to Katie. He says not to her, but to him because of the campaign with the motorway. Uh, Jonathan explains that he has received death threats over the phone about it. Um, he says that Katie picked up the phone a couple of weeks ago and that he thought he that she was talking to the dance teacher Simone. But 
actually uh, she said that there was a man on the line asking for him so when he got to the phone the voice the man's voice on the phone says uh, that's a lovely little girl you've got it would be a shame if something happened to her over what like building the end tree like I'm do you know what I mean relax yeah Oh, like he could, you I mean he could be telling porky pies? Do you know what I mean? We don't know. Yeah, true. Um, Cassie and Rob drop Jonathan home, and then Rob starts to assure him that they're definitely going to find out who did this to Katie and to their family, which was really weird. And Cassie's kind of like, Why did you just say, yeah. say that to him? Um, we then see a flashback of Adam playing on a blue rope swing in the woods, um, and then. Cut to present day, the detectives visit that site in the woods and Rob points to the rope and he says that that was the swing that Peter's dad, Joe, made. Um, He also explains that on the 10th anniversary of Peter's disappearance that Joe hung himself on that rope. Jesus, that was very sad. Yeah. And then um, he explains that the rest of Peter's family moved to Glasgow and that Jamie's mum who is called Alicia Rowan, still lives in the same house. So we're getting a bit of background of what happened to yeah. the families of um, in the aftermath of the 1985 case. Um, Cassie says that they really need to, they need to pass on this information, but that they, they need to not be working on the case. And Rob is adamant that they stay working on the case. Um, he then reveals that he actually knew Jonathan Devlin. And he says that he stopped him before they dropped him home and he wanted to look him in the eye to see if he recognised him from when mm-hmm. he was younger. Um, so yeah, Rob says he used to know him and his two friends. He also explains that the detectives who worked on the 1985 case are now dead. So one died of a heart attack and then McCabe, the other one, died in 2003 of pancreatic cancer. Um, and Rob says that he would never have been able to work in the murder squad if people knew about his past, obviously. Obviously. Um and then he's like to Cassie, like, I shouldn't have compromised you by telling you all this because she's in it now as well. You know, yeah. she's implicated. There's no yeah. way they're going to be like, oh, how did you not know about this? Um, so so do we, did Rob and Cassie just meet through work? We, we, well, we don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we don't know. So I don't think so. No. No, I think they knew each other. Or so there's some I. connection whether someone was... Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rob reveals that he doesn't remember anything that happened between the 10 hours uh, between him chasing his friends and him Looking being found. And yeah, and he's like... Oh, I went to psych- psychiatrists, I went to therapists, like I don't remember anything. Um, what happened to us and Katie's murder, they're connected, he tells Cassie. What happened to us? Yeah. Um, he then begs her that they stay on the case and that they're the ones to bring this all in and she looks pretty hesitant about the whole thing. Um, it then cuts to a quick flashback of three teenage mates in the woods. In the woods, Shane trails behind and Jonathan tells him to keep up and that he's not his mammy. So we, we kind of get the confirmation then of what Jonathan looked like when he was younger and what yeah. Shane looked like. Yeah. Um, then we see a dark-haired woman let, let herself into Katie's empty school. She stares at Katie's now former locker um, and we find out the woman is a cleaner named Sandra. She then bumps into Katie's ballet teacher, Simone, and Simone's like, I'm here because I had to let the Royal Ballet School know that... Katie is dead someone's killed her mm-hmm. um, it's tragic the poor child Sandra says um, and Simone explains the police have actually asked for a list of everyone working there so she was like the police are probably going to want to talk to you um, and she's like oh they're probably going to want to know if there was anyone hanging around looking at the girls in the school when she leaves Sandra cracks open a can and takes a sip so now Sandra 
like she was the girl in the woods with the two Jonathan I think so yeah yeah, yeah well yeah. we're, we're gonna so yeah, these are kind of like these are the little kind of snippets that we're seeing or like you know what like like why did she choose to work in the school where her ex's daughter is doing ballet class like yeah. it's all very weird yeah. there's a lot of kind of theories why floating around about 25 that. to 11 questions like that <laughs> exactly just, I, Back at the station, Cassie shows Rob uh, CCTV footage taken from Katie's neighbours and basically they had it installed because someone kept stealing their saints and angels in their garden. Um, so they actually, they see the footage, they see Katie, it's at 12am and basically they're like, listen, well we know now that she didn't run away because there's no there's no bag with her, like she was just putting something into a bin I think or walking into her house. Um, Cassie says the likelihood is that she was going to meet someone and she obviously expected that she would eventually come home again, yeah. but obviously that wasn't the case. Oh Kelly, our favourite, he asks whether there's any link between this and what happened in 1985, even a vague one. Rob replies that there is, he's like, Jonathan Devlin, Shane Mills and Cahill Walters were all questioned about the disappearance when they were 18 um, that's a huge connection it's a huge connection so he's like they had an alibi so they say that on the night that the three kids went missing and the one was found that they were in town in the cinema and basically when they went to investigate that the cinema was so packed that no one could verify it you know what I mean you wouldn't yeah. be able to verify there's so many people um, apart from one girl who was 14 and she says that she was with her family and she saw them in the lobby getting popcorn um, she's the only witness her name is Mar- her name was Margaret Bowen and three years later Margaret Bowen got married to dot 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 Jonathan Devlin yeah so his Current, current wife, wife it was their alibi was the alibi yeah dodgy af jesus so Asterix. much in this episode so much happened in this episode rob says that uh, quigley's in the basement cowboy bootman uh trying to get to the bottom of the whole situation sam o'neill the culty dickhead from episode one and cassie's fella yeah um from general he enters the room o'kelly asks him who the feck he is cassie explains that he was in revenue customs last year and that she and rob want him to work on the case um, welcome to Operation Vestal. Do your do your job, and we'll get on fine. Dick it out. I will shred your testicles. <laughs> O'Kelly says. Um, so Cassie asks whether he's joking that the operation is called Vestal. Like Vestal is in virgin. Is that a joke? She says. If she had been raped, it would have been called something different because she wasn't a virgin. Did some middle aged man come up with that by any chance? Mm. So well, that is we're seeing another. We're seeing yeah. We're it's disgraceful, and we're seeing kind of. I love that she challenges him. Absolutely. And I think that her challenges are giving away more about her story. So the first one was calling the girl who went missing in 1995 by her name. Yeah, I know you get annoyed about this regardless, but I feel like these are put in because we're almost learning snippets about her past. Um, So O'Kelly explains that he has to put his face to the front of the camera. He has to do a feckin' press release now. And he's like, I have to deal with all this he rises bullshit. Um, And he says he doesn't need need any lectures about feckin' patriarchy. Okay, this is now, Brendan. I know you're getting you love this. This is a <laughs> this is a killer line coming great, up. Great, I'm glad it's included. He then points to O'Neill and he's like, "Good luck to you, the feminist and the Englishman, you poor bollocks." <laughs> <laughs> and storms out. Off he is to do the press conference. Um, O'Neill thanks Cassie for putting him on the case, and then she's like, "Oh, it was actually Rob's idea." Quickly, Quigley then runs in and he's like, "I'm over the feckin' moon to be back on the case because uh, I think something happened with him before." We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Sandra is cleaning the mirrors in the ballet room and I, I thought the scene was very well done because you notice straight yeah. away that it overlooks the woods so someone <gasps> in the woods could have been looking into that ballet room what? for months totally missed that T- totally oh. missed that 
Oh, Detective Reb to the rescue. Oh. Yeah, so she's just cleaning the things and then you can just see she looks out and the woods are right there. Oh, really? So okay. you're yeah. kind of going, oh, anyone could have been staring at her for weeks and months on end. Do you know what I mean? And been following oh, her so and all that. the ballet teacher, she's around a lot, isn't she? Too close hmm. for comfort. And she says something weird now in a second. So Sandra has a flashback to when Simone is teaching Katie ballet. Yeah. And she, oh wait, no, that's not yet. Oh, sorry. No, I'll get to that. She has a flashback okay. in a few minutes. Hold that thought. Um, hold that thought. Hold that flashback. Um, so, sorry. Sandra has a different flashback now and she sees a younger, like a younger woman in the woods with Jamie, Cahill and Jonathan and she says to Jamie, who's a younger, the younger girl, you're going to get all the boys in a few years. Yeah. Very, very weird comment. Very weird comment. A child. In the airport car park in Dublin airport, Cahill rings someone called Melissa presumably like a work colleague or else a wife. I think it could be a wife because of what he says at the end. And basically he's like, tell them I had to fly to Berlin. And also there's some druggy asshole that's been hassling people outside of the office, hanging around in this jacket with an orange plastic. Get security to deal with him, but don't fucking call the guardie. Don't fucking call the guardie. I want to cut his ponytail off more yeah. than I ever wanted anything. And he goes, I want him got rid of. And then he goes, oh, I'll text you when I land. I text you when I land. I'm like, is that his missus? Mm. You know? Anyway. But like, th- that phone call was ordering somebody to kill the paint guy. Kill? Do you reckon? Um, that was how I, now, I watched yeah. it once, but that's that was my yeah, interpretation maybe. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kneecapping. Well, like, it was get, get, ri- get rid. Get rid. Get rid somehow. Get rid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he grabs his bag from the boot and then heads towards departures, but that camera oh hangs. Oh The camera work there was stunning. But it it just, was like, yeah. we could watch him in the reflection of the glass of the car. I just thought it was really nice. But it was hung for a bit long. It was like, you dodgy prick, where are you going? Yeah, dodgy prick, off to the Casa del Sol. Yeah. Mm, with um, the greasy ponytail. Back at the station, I kind of think he's kind of attractive. Is that? Listen, he, like, okay, right, sorry. Anyway, I don't know why. Anyway, in the station, Rob and Cassie interviewed Damien from the dig. So he was the fella who found the body and leant over the oh body. God, living on his nerves, that fella. Oh, yes. Not a well man, is he, our no. Damien? So he says that he does tours of the archaeology site and that he remembers a man in his late 30s or early 40s wearing a tracksuit that was blue. Like a French blue, he says. <laughs> like a French blue. Oh, yeah, like I know that colour, though. It is a good description, like the blue and the French flag. Yeah, yeah. we know just Or is about. a French blue like a more pale one? No, you're thinking of Cuisine de France rolls. I think it's like nearly a navy. Like yeah. Like a royal blue. Mm, lovely. Um, they ask him if he knew Jonathan Devlin and he says he did because he brought his family and his daughters to look at the dig, right? So he's basically like, Damien's like, Jonathan's really protective. And then he goes, this is what, I thought this was so weird. He goes, who can blame him? A load of students there with his daughters. Say that again. So, so basically, Damien's like, oh, Jonathan was really protect- protective. Okay, yeah. so he was there with his daughters. He's really protective. And then he goes, who could blame him? He was there with his daughters and there was loads of students there. That's real weird. I'm like, uh, his daughter was like 12. What the fuck's wrong yeah, with you? Yeah, and the other one's like, Amish. It was a real, I just was like, what? I yeah, well, that's not in there for no reason, though. No. Very weird. Uh, then he explains that uh, the daughter with the learning difficulties, Jessica. Jessica. Jessica uh, he said that she got sick on herself and started crying, so uh, her the sisters took her away and Mr. Devlin stayed. Um, and Damien also says the fella in the blue tracksuit wasn't on the tour. Uh, he was actually just lurking around the woods and the dig, and he didn't want to join the tour. Is that in reference to someone we've already met? Like, are we meant to go, oh, that sounds like no. a new person? This is a mystery man. This is one of their leads. And they, they later on, they kind of think that he's made this all up. 
Right. Okay. So they, they discredit Damien's Frenchman sighting. Uh, Cassie and the other archaeologist. Cassie says that the other archaeologists were at a house party the night that Katie went missing and was killed. Um, and she's like, oh, actually, where were you that night? And Damien says that he was at home caring for his mum, who was MS. And he says that basically she has carers during the day, but he needs to look after her at night. Okay, so Damien did get very upset on finding the body for someone that maybe just found a body. Remember he, he was bald and he, yeah, said, and he I shouldn't have leaned over. I shouldn't have leaned over. over. Yeah. It's like he n- fancied her. No, he's apologising because his DNA is on her. I think he wanted to say, I leaned over her and I'm telling you I did twice. So if yeah. you find... my, That's why my DNA is on it. Hannah, excellent observation. I mean, uh, Damien's then like, it was a bit of a V-hand. He's like, can I go to the toilet? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's just like, I, I thought he was going to do a legger at this point and he didn't. So he's like, can I go to the toilet? And and basically he's like, oh, you know, it's just, and this is this is very telling about what you just said. He goes, oh, I saw Katie on the altar. Uh, so I, I'm really happy to be able to help with the situation. Mm. Yeah. Mm, question mark. Yeah. Okay. Got Give me that Damien. DNA, mom. Yeah. Afterwards, Rob stops Detective Phelan, the man with the great, excellent bone structure. <laughs> and he asks him to check. The people you've chosen to fancy from yeah. this show. Oh, I mean, I would know. you not pick Killian Scott? Yeah, I know, I know. I'm um, Paint Man. Yeah, can guard the feeling and I just think Sam O'Neill is the only bone structure. Okay, so anyway, he asks Feeling him in Sing Street. Oh yeah, he is in Sing Street. He asks him to check if uh, Damien's mom actually does have MS, but to be discreet about the whole thing. And he also asks Feeling to talk to all the staff of the ballet school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, at the woods slash dig site, the fella who's been wandering around, paint man, um, has paint. We see that he's painted. He rises. He rises on the land required sign. Yeah, We'd, it was That's another flash. Like, uh, yeah. Um. We then see Cassa and her fella Cassie Cassa. We then see Cassie and her fella in the lift, and he asks her if she's okay that he's joined the investigation. And she's like, "Listen, it's your chance to get into the murder squad." O'Neill then says that Katie's code on her mobile phone was Jess, so J E five five. Cassie says that Jess doesn't seem to understand the word death, and she's like, "I don't think she gets the whole thing at all." Which I was like, "Why well, is that?" The-? You know, yeah, in the basement. Uh, Rob walks in to find Quigley, aka Cowboy Man, going through files, and he explains that McCabe worked on the case for years, um, before and while he was sick, up until he died of cancer. Yeah, um, he said he died like on the case, almost like yeah, almost like the case. Yeah, he was he was not giving up yeah. on the case. Um, he was working on it until the very end, and then Rob is like, "Listen, be careful with all of this, uh, because there's loads of lies in those files." And Quigley's like, "Oh well, listen, before I fucked this all up, I was actually really good at my job." And then he's like, oh, Rob, you actually just said the word Jax. Yeah. And you always say the word Lou. I, I say and a bead of sweat yeah. went down I, my face. Before he pulled him up on it, I thought it was a weird, it's a very Dublin phrase. And I was like, that's weird that he said Jax. But Remind. then you could flip it though and go, he didn't move to boarding school until he was 12 or 13. Wasn't that the... the oh yeah, no, but I mean in terms of like, he, they don't away. know that. He's like, why Why would you say Jax or English? Yeah, no, it's I know. Yeah. If we ever are lucky enough to talk to Sarah Phelps, the writer, we must ask her as an English writer. You know, did she have someone advising her on? Because there's so yeah, much the colloquialisms yeah. are the colloquial yeah. colloquialisms, mm-hmm. the lingo, the banter, the crack yeah. is so Irish. Accurate. Yeah, it's so accurate. I'm just obsessed with that. And Sarah, I just the fog is waiting. It is waiting. Uh, so, so 
Quigley says to Rob, oh, we'll make an Irish man of you yet. And I'm like, he... he's going to... Quigley's going to crack gonna the, the one case. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Cowboy yeah. boot man, we underestimated you. He will be choice. the sheriff and there won't be no tit sandwich. <laughs> but at that point, when that happens, we'll be like, oh, please don't give it away. Please don't give please it away. Please don't ruin it. Because Quigley be going to O'Kelly and we're like, just don't rat him out. Don't rat him yeah. out. We'll be at that point yeah. where it turns and we don't want him to be found mm-hmm. out. So now we're back to the actual flashback scene that I wanted to get to, I think. I think almost okay. Uh, so Sandra is in the school and she keeps looking out at the woods from the school. And then she has a flashback of Simone teaching Katie ballet. And Simone says to Katie when she's like doing some sort of ballet move, you know, I wouldn't be an expert in that area. But she goes, you can't be scared of the pain. The pain is what makes it beautiful. And then Sandra just continues shining the floor. Why was that included? There are so many little bits that I'm dying to see play out. Yeah. Back at base, uh, we see O'Kelly on the telly holding a press conference and he's asked whether there's a sinister or satanic aspect to the case. He then walks in. So, like, he's obviously pre-recorded the press conference. It's not live on Channel 4. Please do not swear. Um, <laughs> so he walks in and he's like, see, wanking themselves into a frenzy. Satanic me whole. And Cassie is like this. I actually found this scene really useful because it summed up the three lines of inquiry for the case. I was, you know, I had to now rewind it 15 times, but we got there. So Give Cassie is like, there are three lines of inquiry. Devlin's Move the Motorway campaign was getting a lot of traction and causing problems, but was it enough to get Katie killed? Sorry, is it move a motorway? Uh, move yeah. a motorway from where you've planned move to build it? Is that it? He doesn't want the motorway ruining the woods, but yeah. why? Yeah. What are in the woods that he's trying to hide yeah, from well, his past? Say an archaeological Also, thing. this yeah. book is great because around that time there was a motorway being built and they wanted to move it so it didn't go through the Hill of Tara. The Hill yeah. of yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 She lives in Dublin, this author. She's oh. American yeah, she's Irish. She lives in Dublin. Oh, she knows everything around him, which is up. So, uh, there, the other line of inquiry is the French tracksuit man in the woods. Um, why was he in the woods? Was he there because he wanted to scope out where he was going to leave a body? Or was he just working for Malin Davis, the building construction? Or does he exist at all? Or is he real? Or does he exist at all? So Cassie is like, listen, we actually showed Damien Devlin pictures of different offenders that would match the description of the French tracksuit man. And he didn't make a positive ID. Rob is like, okay, we're actually also monitoring uh, conversations on child porn sites. You know Paint Man? Paint Man. Bit of a French look about him, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Oui. Oui. <laughs> sorry, the eye contact. Oui. Um, so, sorry, Rob bon. is like... Sorry, <laughs> oh, carry on. Cuisine de France. Cuisine de France. Um, Rob says that Katie wasn't groomed and he's like oh she'd no social media and there's nothing on Jonathan's computer or Simone's but then he's like oh there's just a ballet message board on Simone's computer I'm like mm, what is that what is going on I don't know I'm like was she class? trying to sneak her to England to escape her from the family because she loved her and wanted to be her mum um, <laughs> sorry, I'll just, I'll just, that was I'll a just peel myself <laughs> off the ground. Yeah, do you know what I mean though was there something so if we're going wild I'm going full twin swap Oh yeah, no. Ah yeah, let's go with that twin swap. Did yes, we not try and do a twin, twin swap? Beaches. Oh my god, we tried to do a twin swap in Big Little Lies. We will get we a twin like, swap into the every evil show. We Bart talk. and Bort. Who's the one in the Simpsons? Bart's evil twin. Roth and Ruff. Yeah. Friend. So listen, we'll get to that theory. Um, so Cassie says that Katie had a mobile phone, which is so weird because the sister doesn't even have a bra. So why does Katie have a mobile phone? 
phone. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. Okay. So Cassie's like someone <laughs> Cassie's like someone bought Katie a mobile phone. So J-E-5-5. there's the question. Who bought Katie the mobile phone? I'm okay. telling you now. She's J E five five. J E five five. Ballet dancer is buying her things. I'm telling you, the ballet school teacher. Okay, so someone bought Katie. Sorry, someone bought Katie the phone so she and Simone could talk when she went to England. Okay, that's what he says. And the mobile phone was kept in the dance school along with Katie's passport. If that isn't a highway out of here, yeah. what on earth? Your phone's beside your passport. Flit. Yeah, or some sort of ring. Yeah, that's where she was going that night. Yeah, was she lacking it? Was she meant and to go? And Jonathan Devlin found out. Did he find out and say you're not bleeding? Go and you're Dad. meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Or did the mum? I don't think she's capable. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's just some good acting. Do you know? Anyway, so Rob's like, it's really odd that the older sister doesn't have a phone and that Katie and Jonathan do. (laughs) (laughs) You're going back to the brand. Sorry, that's where that line was. Um, So uh, Cassie's like, it all goes back to 1985. Cahill, Shane, Jonathan and Margaret. It's all linking back to that. And then O'Neill, this was really unusual. I know O'Neill's a bit mad, like tit sandwiches and the likes. But he's like, oh, oh, sorry, O'Kelly. Oh, when are we ever going to get it right? No, you've got that's the first time you've said it. So O'Kelly like pours, I think it's alcohol into all, or it's tea, and he's like, to the murder gods, may they reveal their fucking secrets. Yeah, and they and all that, take a sip. Yeah, Mad scene. Mad. O- O'Neill is the boyfriend, is he? No, it was so, O'Kelly, sorry. Yeah, was, O'Neill is the boyfriend. Is the boyfriend, Sam yeah. There O'Neill. is an O'Neill. Yeah. yeah, there, yeah, yeah on the, it's just the O's, you know. He's yeah. on the team. Um, okay, so, right, we're, we're getting there, guys. There's only 17 O'Loughlin. pages left. Oh, Lachlan. Oh, we then see Detective Phelan bound to go wow, wow, love him. He's interviewing That's, Sandra about Katie. No, he's not. He's old enough to be a detective. It's a very strange crush. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Look, um, each to their own. He's interviewing Sandra about Katie. Um, and Sandra, who's the cleaner, is like, I didn't really know her, but I saw her practicing all the time and she was polite. Um, and she says that she noticed in the last couple of weeks that Katie was training way harder than normal to get into the ballet school something going on with that teacher yeah there is there really is Um, so she's like I didn't see any perverts hanging around and if there had been girl if there had been the girls daddies would have ripped them to shreds but the way she says that Mm. it is just very like she's basically being like the dad is aggressive the parent you know what I mean Um, he then asks about Katie's parents he's like did you know them did you know Margaret and Jonathan and she's like I never spoke a word to them I saw them I knew them to see but I never ever spoke a word to them bullshit because we know you were in the woods with them when you were a teenager yeah that's bullshit Carrie and you know it (laughs) (laughs) he then asks her to clarify the spelling of the surname he's like how do you spell her surname and she's like it's Sandra Scully with with an an E. E Okay, elsewhere. Like, with an E, noted. Why yeah. do I tell you later on about Sandra Scully? Oh, no, hook it to my veins. Okay, elsewhere, Cassie and Rob head up to the roof for a smoke. Uh, and Cassie's like, oh, I think Damien Donnelly, Donnelly is telling uh, absolute fibs. We're with you, Cass. Porky yeah. pies. And she's basically like the tracksuit man's bullshit. And basically, Rob's like, oh, he just likes chatting to people because he's bored looking after his mum and he feels important. <laughs> No, it's involved. like the way people in, insert themselves into investigations sometimes and we've seen it with well-known cases in the past when some people just want to be chatting away and mm. they had nothing to do with it. I this. mean, wouldn't be like the three of us to yeah. be honest <laughs> and we knocked on the front door but like, come in, wait till I tell you. Yeah. Uh, so, Cassie, Cassie... We are the woman in the mobility scooter. We are we're the scooter. I'm telling you now. We are that scooter. We are. Uh, Cassie asks Rob, like, she's like, oh, what were Peter and Jamie like? I feel like she was interviewing him here. She's like, what were Peter and Jamie like when she they were kids? She was interviewing him. And he's like, oh, they were great kids, very funny. And then she's like, oh, 
you know, did you hang around with Jonathan as mate? You know, I know there's a bit of an age gap. Do you have a theory? I have a bloody theory just came to go my on, mind go there. Go for it. Go on. Nidge comes to her gaff and is like, just letting you know, Rob was in this case. Now you're investigating him. Oh, and that was her twist. Again. She's undercover again, and that was her twist to go right. Oh, go on, we'll we'll. I'll let him. I'll let it play out because I'm going to start interviewing him. Mm. Oh shit! In a nice way, but she's like, yeah. I have to. Okay, so show me to. yeah, so she starts asking him. She's like, "Did you hang around with Jonathan?" I know there's an age gap, and Rob's like, "Oh, he actually used to give a cider and cigarettes when we were younger." Um, Rob's like, "Oh yeah, Jonathan had a girlfriend, and he's like, I can't remember her name, but she used to always put makeup on Jamie and treat her like a doll." And Rob's like, "Oh, we used to just spy on them, and they were always trying to get pissed or stoned in the woods." And then Cassie's like, "Oh, do they ever have a problem with the three of you?" And he's like, "No, not that I can remember." And then before she leaves, she's like, "Oh, was Jonathan's girlfriend Margaret?" And Rob's like, oh God, no, like she was 14. He would have had his cock and balls torn off him by her family. So Margaret was too young then. So then she's like, oh, well, who's the other girlfriend? And then Rob's like, oh, Mrs. Fitzgerald will know, a.k.a. the scooter woman. She's back again. Me fave. So they're like, they're, now they know there's someone else. And they're like, right, your one's going to be able to tell us, right? We then see a flashback of Adam in the woods. Jamie asks um, about how she, Jamie's like, oh, how do I look? I got my makeup done, you know? So it's just kind of solidifying what we just heard about her yeah. getting her makeup done. Later on that night, Katie's dad is saying a prayer at her bedside. His hands start to shake as he holds on to one of her hair bobbins or it's a bracelet. And then he gets really agitated at this noise of the TV downstairs. So he runs downstairs. The wife, Margaret, is almost like hypnotized, staring into thin air. And he asks her to turn it down and she just isn't responding to anything he says. Also, great continuity here again. They're watching Tuberty tonight. And there's an interview of Patrick Heelty. And the TV is the big fat television, you know, with the back on it. Do you remember Fame Academy? Remember Fame Academy with Patrick Keelty? Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Or she were like the BBC, don't worry, we got this. We we got Straight this. Straight down to the yeah. archive. Uh, he then gets really aggressive and he's like, what's wrong with you? And he calls her a stoned fucking lump. I absolutely, that like triggered me. I hated that so much because it was very real. Yeah. It was yeah. just horrible, It was horrible to it? watch. And then she gets up and fucking pushes him against yeah. the mantelpiece and breaks some sort of ornament. And she just he's going, you, 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 you. you. Yeah. It's like, you did this to me mm. and in terms of... the are on the couch cowering. And then, so, so Katie obviously doesn't know, not Katie, Jessica. Uh, Jessica doesn't know what to do. She then sits on the ground almost where the ornament smashed and starts watching the TV. And then you just see this shot cut to Rosalind looking distraught, looking like she is like, I need to do something about this. I need to get out of here right now. I need to leg it. Yeah. Um, back home, Cassie heads into her building after a long day we kind of see then that she doesn't own the home, whole building that it's actually just an apartment it's a flat in a gorgeous house yeah. like I can take that yeah. she's still on her own it's seafront we're going to learn why now shortly after dart station on the doorstep on the doorstep oh gorgeous I mean I know it's a boom come on so she's she kneels down it's quite dark she kneels down at her door front and she's trying to check if someone's broken in yeah if there's marks she puts a bit of sticky tape like uh, it's almost like um, you know like a paper stitches yeah. oh she, that, it's like yeah. paper stitches she puts paper stitches That's across the bottom of the door the I missed so this that in nobody the would nobody would see it I but if they open the door like they would be gone I thought she was rolling a cigarette they, or broke, they were gone were they uh, I think so. Yeah, they were gone. So she knows someone's there, right? So, so Rob, d- d- we we're away from that at the moment. Oh no, are we? Are we away from Black Rock? Sorry, guys. Oh yeah, right. 
cut to Rob's house, right? Rob walks in, Helen sitting on the couch. <gasps> yes. Legs out after a shower, fully shaved and moisturised. Sexy silky pyjamas pulled around her shoulders. She's ready to go. So, she, she's, so she's like... The toes are done. Oh, they oh, are. Yeah. She's like, oh, did some filthy pervert kill Katie? And then Rob's like, do you think I'm a pervert? Oh, I was like, okay, this is Here so we go. weird. And uh, she replies, I think you're an arsehole. And then he like takes her foot... What do you call those foot separator things for you where you're painting your nails? Yeah. Like toe separator? takes so he takes that out and then like rubs her leg and then it's <laughs> they probably start riding but we don't it's see on, it. It's At on. one point I was like don't put her toes in your mouth that's a freshly painted nail. <laughs> oh yeah just do it anyway with the nail. <laughs> the toxin. The toxin. Oh god. Black, back in Black Rock Frank wanders around Cassie's apartment in the dark but she's ready and waiting in the corner with her gun and she is like I'm fucking here and then when she realises it's him she's like you fucking bastard hey, Frank Ah Nidge To which Tom Von Lawler delivers his first line of the season Got anything to eat? A man after my own heart <laughs> uh, Back at the Devlins Rosalind leaves her house in the middle of the night wearing a hoodie That's all we see um, Back in Black Rock Cassie tells Frank that she thought that he was that gangster Johnson So there's something with that gangster Johnson We're going to mm-hmm. hear more about him Frank explains that his visit is a friendly reminder not to activate her old identity And she goes I haven't been Lexi since this happened And she points to a scar that she received from kind being of stabbed Kind of her chest area yeah. Yeah. He's eating pesto with a spoon <laughs> yeah, love a bit I of love pesto. pesto yeah. yeah, love pesto. <laughs> and he was complaining about it. I was like, "Give me, yeah, Guys, not cold with spoon." Like a yogurt, he was eating it like yogurt. Yeah, Mad no, bastard. He's like, being stabbed doesn't make you special. Everyone's been stabbed. So I was like, okay, Frank. Um, and then he's like, do you know I actually kept an alert on the name Alexandra Mangan? And then Frank is like, oh, she actually recently applied for a birth cert. And then Cassie's like, well, why would I want Lexi's birth cert? Um, like, why would I want to do that? And then he goes, oh, well, you can't get a passport without a birth cert. And then he's like, oh, who owns this house in Blackrock? Like, it's absolutely absolutely stunning Thank your you. boyfriend rents an apartment in a shithole that I wouldn't even live in how the fuck did you get it and then Cassie's like my aunt died and left me a house so I bought this that's not the way that I heard that conversation oh I might have paraphrased I, it no, guys it was late is that the way it happened I thought that he said to her that basically she was at this is what I, I could be completely no, wrong I thought he said that you're obviously somebody else and that like it's kind of unbelievable for you to have this house and that you're running the risk of blowing your cover by living somewhere so well, swanky well yeah that could be that. I thought that's what he said that to her so that he it. knows that she Mom paid for and Dad, it outright. I'm in between both so I'm like stop messing around with the cover because you know there's money yeah. here that you're not really meant to have don't be drawing attention to yourself yeah. you have a very fancy house that mm-hmm. you potentially may have got the money off your aunt but just lie low and don't yeah. So, so she yeah, so she basically is like, well, my aunt died and left me it, and I bought left me a different house, so I bought this. And she was like, she was the only family member I had. She raised me. Mm. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know. There, there's definitely something. There's something we we saw. He's this just for like, a look, it's flashy and yeah, yeah. He's just like, what's the crack with this house? Like, thank you for yeah. asking that. Um. So yeah. Frank is like, well, if you didn't activate the identity and look for the birth cert, who did? Who did? Who um. Did? And then. She was like, how would I, she was like, why would I and how would I do it? Like, it could be anyone that I had contact with when I was pretending to be someone else for you. So it insinuates then that Frank was her boss or something like that. She's like, you made me go undercover for something. Partner. 
Um, Frank then chimes in and he's like, uh, it also could be because you want to go back undercover. And she's like, I didn't try to get the birth cert. I want you to go. And he's like, whatever you were planning or thinking of doing, don't do it. And then he's like... She definitely tried to get the birth cert. Absolutely. He's like, no more Lexi, okay? You've been warned. No more... No one wants to go undercover because they end up in prison and bad things happen there. Frank then walks out and he doesn't even turn. He just waves. Loved he knows it. She's staring at him. Yeah. I was like, oh, Niji. Yeah. Like, he's just... He's just brilliant. Yeah, he's so brilliant. Anyway, that whole scene was like, how many times can you go undercover and can you go back undercover and is she trying to go undercover so she can escape her current one? It's... Yeah. More to follow on that, I'd say, next week. Um, back at the station, it turns out that Rosalind actually contacted Rob in the middle of the night and he asks her if she's sure that... He's like, do you not want to talk to Cassie? And she's like, no, she looks at my clothes funny. So Rosalind has noticed already that Cassie's looking at her clothes being like, what the Where's fuck? Where's your bra? And she's like, oh, you know, I... Basically, she's like, I can't do anything about my clothes, which I'm like, that's such a weird thing to yeah, say. Contr- she's being controlled. Yeah. Um, Rosalind's then like to Rob, she's like, oh, it was Katie raped? And he's... He's like, listen, I promise you there was no sign of a sexual assault. And she's like, I don't even know why, but I couldn't stop thinking about that, whether she had to go through that. Um, And then she's like, listen, I have to go home. Um, Don't tell anyone I was here. And if someone's dropping me home, get them to drop me the street over. Like, she doesn't want anything, her dad, obviously, to find out. And before before she leaves, she's like to Rob, will you always think of Katie as a person? I felt really bad for her. Mm-hmm. Um, She's trapped. Absolutely. I don't know whose fault it is. The man, the dad, both. Don't know. Um, ballet teacher. So elsewhere, we see the man in the plastic coat, aka paint man, um, carrying the paint and hitchhiking along a road. Then this is one thing I noticed: he has blue rope on his foot. Oh, it's stuck to that. his shoe. He has blue rope stuck to his boot. And I was like, blue uh, track suit man? no, the blue rope. No, the blue rope from the I like, tree. Is he Peter? Is he then. Peter? And was his dad the one who killed himself on the rope or something? Was 100%. Peter? Yeah, yeah. And so that fella, weird. Yeah. The fella who he's talking to, what's his name? Is, Cahill. Yeah. Cahill oh, was the old. Is, they yeah. all changed their names. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apart from Sandra. Yeah, so elsewhere, Cassie and Rob drive to the to the nosy woman's house, Mrs. Fitzgerald, and the second they walk in the driveway, I cried laughing at this. She goes, visitors, and I just made scones. Oh, <laughs> oh love the it. full spreading. Can I just say, when we just, just, maybe I, there could be a different scene, but when, is that all that happened there was Paint Man was walking up, or did a car... No, is that's that the where, end. Okay, yeah, Grant, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, I'll shut up, um, shut up. So they get oh, down to business, and they're basically like, what is going on with Margaret and Jonathan and blah 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 and Fitzgerald is like I remember when Margaret was born she came from good people and you'd never think that she turned out the way she did with all her nerves and all the pills then she's like oh marrying into that family was the making of young Jonathan because he was a wild one and then they're like oh well why was he wild and she's like he kept bad company not with the lads but with the girl he was with and she says that she was a wee whore like her mammy before yeah the shade now the next bit is even more shady. Uh, she goes, she wore a dress as short that you could see what she had for breakfast, lunch and tea. Yeah. And then, now this is... F- Rob nearly pissed himself at that one. Yeah, no, yeah. This is horrific. She goes, the Magdalens would have taken one like Sandra Scully and straightened her out her nonsense. There's a lot to be said about the old ways. Yeah, that was a bit shocking. I was like, it? get wheel back yeah. in that scooter. Yeah, we've there. gone off you now. We've yeah. gone totally off you gone now. off you. Um, so then she explains that uh, the girlfriend made the trip to England and then she goes oh but mammy and daddy wouldn't have let that happen to Margaret uh, she went up the aisle with little Rosalind already there so they're basically saying that Rosalind and Jonathan had to get married because Rosalind was also pregnant your man's obviously very fertile no 
Not Rosalind. Not Rosalind. Rosalind's the daughter. Oh, not Rosalind. Fuck, sorry. Little Rosalind was already there, is the baby. Rosalind no. is the baby. Ro- the bump was there. Was, yeah. yeah. Rosalind was already was there, the she means the bump. So, yeah. so basically, the first girlfriend got pregnant and went to England, and the new girlfriend got pregnant and they got married. Yeah, or I actually read that as the first girlfriend got pregnant. They pretended Margaret was pregnant because she's a good family push her down the aisle and then they took Rosalind and that's why the family's fucked and Sandra's involved. Yeah, and because she called her a, a something, there was a word on the child oh, no. so they swapped a child over. Oh, yeah. I never even thought of that. Oh, I don't think Rosalind is Margaret's daughter. Oh, I no. think she's Sandra's oh my God, daughter. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Margaret, uh, she starts talking about Margaret and she's like, oh, she started getting the nerves by the time the twins came along and then Rosalind basically had to look after all the kids and take on the duties of the mother um, and she now does everything for Jessica and then she Mrs Fitzgerald calls Ra- she calls Jessica a fetch stop trying to make fetch happen yeah okay. and this is the yeah so she explains that a fetch is a twin that isn't a twin one comes from God the other comes from someplace else a curse revenge is that an Irish saying I've never, I've never heard it no but it would explain what you've just said. This is no, not... The no. Fetch would ex- is talking about Jessica and Katie. Oh, okay, sorry. Rosalind is the older sister. Okay. Yeah. Later that day, the lurking fella is seen wandering the roads. A car speeds towards him and stops suddenly. When he asks for help, the woman just drives on and we see that it's a woman with dark hair who looks freakishly like Cassie. Yeah. Okay? And the keyring. And then... We see a key ring hanging on the keys as the car is speeding off, and it says Lexi. God, like it okay, is Cassie one hundred and ten percent? That was Sarah Green sitting. Is in it that Cassie? Garbage. Is it a twin? Is it a fetch? This show. Oh, okay. So then at the office, right to sit to literally further this oh. theory, Rob goes to Cassie. Oh, why did you get so twitchy when she mentioned the fetch? And then Cassie's like, Oh, because it's superstitious, time wasting nonsense. Uh, oh, so, I missed all that. Cassie, does Cassie have a twin? Have we got two sets of twins? Oh, the show's uh, yeah, so good. So good. Um, so then Phelan comes in and he's like, oh, I got all the statements from the staff in the school, including the cleaner, Sandra Scully. And then they're like, oh, Jesus, Sandra Scully is Scully Jonathan's with old girlfriend who put the makeup on Jamie. And then Cassie's like, well, why would she lie about that? Why would she pretend that she didn't barely know Katie? Never met the parents, didn't know anything. Why? What is she trying to hide? Um, and then the episode ends with Jonathan Devlin staring at Katie's bed, and then Sandra is smoking, looking out the window at the woods. Guys, a lot happened in yeah. both episodes. Yeah, episode two gave us a lot of that scene alone in Mobility Scooter's kitchen was my favorite because there's so much in there. I just love it. We've got guys. So much I can't believe solve. I didn't cop the that. That's only a theory now. But no, but that that is so juicy if that was the case, that she went... But, we but can't she went have to two of everyone, lads. No, she went to England and then he got with a new girl. Yeah. And she was his alibi, yeah. though. But Margaret was the alibi for what happened that night in the woods. She was. She mm. said that she saw them in the thing. So it's like, did he marry her because... No, he was riding around, though, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, probably. I, right, here, let's talk theories. Fact, I do not think Rosalind is Margaret's daughter. No, 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 oh no, God. not at all. I, didn't cop that at all. I think Jessica and Katie have swapped. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I think Jessica oh my God. is acting dad... so weird yeah. that she's acting. Yeah. Did they did they 
Mm. Oh my god, yeah. Sarah Green's character, Cassie, has a twin. And it suited really? her. Really? Lexi. It suited her down to the ground to be going undercover because fucking two of them. Oh my god. It's just that they uh, said the word fetch. But they were like, why are you. Why did you get so worried about fetch? Brandon, a bit much for us. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But twins, twins, and more twins. Twins. History twins, is repeating twins. itself. Uh, twins and trees. That's yeah. what Tana French is. She's all about How? it. Tana French, Frenchman. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the French on. blue. How do Rob and Cassie, when did they first meet? When did they come across? When he came, what age was he when he came back from England? Yeah. And the f- the fact that he said what happened to, to us. us. Do I don't know if Rob knows that they, that they, I think they know each other from childhood before he went to England yeah I think she knows who he is Mm -hmm. and I don't think he remembers because it was hammered home that he has that gap and he can't remember a thing someone's playing someone you know I don't think that the relationships that we've been given are as as clear you know but in terms of I think that their relationship is we know that they've had a huge fight now I I missed that first scene in the very first episode watch it again they're literally not talking so what has gone so you know, yeah. Do you know one person she was like, that can't? We will never talk again. One person that can't handle this show, Lord Sugar. Oh, uh, he was shock on. Tweeted yesterday. Um, anyone know what the du- what <laughs> what the Dublin murders is about? Watched it yesterday. Was confused. Watching now, <laughs> not a clue. Plot too complicated. I am out. Screaming that he said I'm out. I'm like, are you on Dragon's Den, mate? You're f- Wrong you're show. Fired. You're fired. Yeah, you're fired. Um, I do think that we, we needed. I needed to watch it several times to get all of that's the. That's the best thing about it. No, I'm but, so confused. I haven't a clue what's I was going so on. That's confused. why I love it. Because I feel like we're on a, the Dublin Murder Squad and we get to solve this along with absolutely. Everyone else. Why wouldn't you want that? That's entertainment. That's what we've wanted and needed for so long, and that's a series that. Uh, well, we that also makes a brilliant series. Season two. Let's be bloody honest. We are going to get it threefold. Like we are going to get like, it so much in this series. I really, really hope that the mobility scooter woman is in every episode. She is Brendan because she knows everything. Now wait, let's tell you about Sandra Scully. Oh my god! Oh yeah, go on. About Sandra Scully. She, she looks familiar. Uh, <laughs> she is played by an actress called Carolyn Bracken, who previously appeared in season four, episode four, Line of Duty. <gasps> Stop. To tend to the needs of Steve Arnott when he was flung down a flight of stairs. Yes. She was, she was in line of duty, but she looked familiar. She was the paramedic that put Steve into the ambulance. I nearly got sick. I was on IMDb today, rifling through for trivia. Oh also, another fantastic point Detective Quigley. Yes. Played by actor Eugene O'Hare. I was like, I'll yeah. just go on. He's he's familiar. The Fall, Brenton, one of your faves. Like, my ultimate fave. Yeah, he's in The Fall. We love a Belfast-based drama. Yeah. We do. He's in The Fall. He's also going to be appearing in, I didn't realise it was in post-production, Marcella season three. No. Yes. Airing in 2019. <gasps> oh my God. Marcella when? season three. It's coming this year. Oh, oh my wow. God. Don't mean to have a podcast meeting on That's, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but come on. Come on. Sure, it's nearly November. Yeah, Marce- oh, I thought you said ooh. after this episode. Ooh, Marcella. Ooh, Marcella. Marcella. That's a Christmas special. I need to watch season two ASAP because I've only seen season one. Rebecca, oh, the like end. it is. Guys, stop. I could go for season one. It's no. so juicy. The end of season, the last, is it the last half hour? Yeah, whack, it, a bit Joaquin Phoenix, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is, in the words of Rebecca, turnt. Is it turnt? No. Like, yes. no. Like the last four seconds of that season are Rebecca. Okay. It's I'm just gonna, like, I'm going to, I will watch it after Dublin Murders because this yeah. is only on for four weeks, which uh, I would love was on you for do eight, know her. that's the way we He's have. in Marcella season three He's airing this year. Moment. We are coming back. He's going to crack this He's case. We're calling it what's now. What's that actor's name? He's in something else. Eugene O'Hare. Eugene O'Hare. I'm going to have to Google and find out because I know him from something else. Quigley's going to crack the case. I'm calling it now. He's going to... A hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Um, There's so many twins. The Belfast Telegraph wrote an article. Oh, yeah. Stop. Which has riled you, has it? Well, it has riled me because we don't get a lot over here. We're a small country. Yeah. We're a small capital city. Mm-hmm. They wrote an article that said, and I swear to God, this is the headline. Belfast, star of the show in BBC's Dublin murders. Are we wasting our time? Here? Apparently, the petrol Belfast. station at the very start in oh, that episode Belfast. was Belfast, oh, and those people tell. were going mad about it. They're like, "That's Belfast." Yeah, and I'm you like, can tell. I think I yeah. stopped at that petrol station last New Year's Eve on the way home for snacks. <laughs> I feel like the Devlin, the yeah. Devlin's family estate looks Belfast. Yeah. Yeah, the star of the effing show. I mean, there's gorgeous shots of Dublin in there. They're just the show is called Dublin Murders. Can you not just love. give us? I know, Full but Dublin. just give us one thing. I feel like there's going to be a million thoughts and theories um, after next week's episode. Yeah, because I feel like they're brimming at the moment. Of, we've only it's only kind of been laid out for us now. We I don't think we. I need to come put an ice pack on my face. Think about Please. it quietly in a dark room. Wake up, watch it all again. Start my cork board. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Also, will I tell you another thing I found out in IMDb? It's great for secrets and yeah, gossip. No Please wonder you're, do. No wonder Sarah was checking it every day to see who got the parts. IMDb is very accurate. Lit. So, Sarah Green plays Cassie Maddox forward slash dot dot dot. Okay? So... Lexi. Fine. So, yeah. we found that out in season two. Yeah. That there's a second character there. Well, she is by far not the only one with a forward slash. Stop it. Wait till you effing hear this now. Conleth Hill plays O'Kelly. O'Kelly, our favourite tit sandwich. Forward slash. (gasps) Dot, dot, dot. Stop. Stop. Mo Dumford plays Sam O'Neill. Forward slash. Dot, dot, dot. Coachy bastard. Kenny plays (laughs) Phelan. Forward slash. Amy Macken plays... Jessica Devlin forward slash Katie Devlin. Fair enough. Guys, what? No, but does the dot dot... Johnny Holden... Plays Damien forward slash dot dot dot. Okay, what well, Now, is somebody dodgy. that works on the show just riling people up here <laughs> no, on No, guys, I think every single one of these people were around in 1985 and are back new with, identities. with new identities and they're not revealing any of them. Like, there's not Jesus, the Department of Social Welfare or whoever issues new identities would have like, been flat out. Leah McNamara, she plays Rosalind Devlin. Just Rosalind Devlin. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's not everyone. So, you know, Vanessa, um, she plays Abby Stone. Charlie Kelly, she plays uh, just uh, Justin Mannering. And then it's just a couple of people have the forward slash. There's another one here. Shireen Martin plays Sophie forward slash dot dot dot. And Ned Dennehy plays Cooper. Hannah's, just, slash, dot, dot, Hannah's dot. just cracked the whole series after it's two episodes. She's like, they're all undercover. And a lot of those people, so only some of those people are in the full eight episodes. A lot more of them are in seven. And then a good few of the forward slashes are in four and three. There are groups okay. of people, I'm telling you now, in the 2006 timeline that have different names in the 1985 timeline. Yeah. And I copped it. Detective well, O'Connell over there. O'Connell. M- Mom. Mic drop. Mom. Mic drop. Um... One thing that I am excited for is obviously the rest of this series, but it's 
pretty... It looks pretty like there is definitely going to be season two. And from being at that screening with Sarah Phelps, season three. She said... Her words were... I know exactly what happens in the final scene of the last episode of season three. Yes. So this is based on six books. So In the Woods and The Likeness have been mashed together for season one. Mm-hmm. And we use the term mashed in the most loving way possible. Oh, it, it like... That is such like a task. That must have Crafted, been, that must have been, interwoven, yeah. beautifully done. I yeah. have is no Is each book led mashed. by one detective? So she's put two... Yeah, like that is... It's an incredible She said that she wanted their story, Robin Cassie's story to carry on. She, yeah. To uh, the set, uh, the third and fourth book, A Faithful Place and Broken Harbour, I presume are coming together for season two. Yeah. And then if she's saying, I know how season three ends, I presume they've got a three season plan, which means the secret palace and the trespasser will come together for season three. I'm not reading any of them. I'm no. not reading one word. I'll read them afterwards. I'll read them afterwards. Yeah. 2024, we'll all go on halls. <laughs> We'll have the. I have the book. Tana friend to see a spike in sales in 2024. I have in the woods and the likeness ready to go at home. Also, did you know that Sarah Phelps has written over fifty episodes of EastEnders, including the return of Dirty Den? Give it up. Sorry. Also, Sarah Phelps pinned tweet is why though the meme. Yeah, why though? Brendan sent that to us, and that's when I was like, okay. I'm, I kindred feel spirits. we are kindred spirits also in the screening remember she referred to JK oh, Rowling as Joe and I just nearly, grabbed no, grabbed the two off. edges of the seat. she's like oh yeah Joe because they, they, she was being asked about writing about um, dead 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 writers authors Brendan she's not dead oh yeah no, she but wrote that's, and then that's why yeah. and then she she's said she was like Joe's Christy not dead and, Charles Dickens, and, and you Joe. nearly fell off the chair because I knew she's written The Casual Vacancy which was J.K. Rowling's first adult novel mm-hmm. after the Harry Potter series and she fucking said Joe she's and like I, oh Joe Rowling oh yeah Joe Rowling and I was like no stop if, what is J.K. Rowling's actual name Joanne Joanne what it's Joanne K- it's Joanne Joanne Katie Joe. I don't know what the K stands for. It's not awful. Number one fan. What? Joe, Google that. No, there. it'd be Catherine with a K, wouldn't it? Joanne Catherine. Joanne Rowling. Catherine Rowling. I just Rowling. thought she was Rowling. JK. Rowling. Okay, guys, let's wrap it up by Rowling. doing our favorite I just have theory to say, of the week. Yeah, I have to say as well. I'm guys. I'm so glad to be back because this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving for the next four weeks. It's a perfect telly for this time of the year. Oh, Joanne yeah. Rowling, I knew it. There, there, like, there's no explanation of the K. Don't step to me when it That's comes. That's probably to Harry just. Do you know what sounds good for a book? You know, J.K. Mm. Rowling, yeah. Um, yeah it's a pen name. Hannah, do you have any yeah. mad thoughts or theories? I grabbed two from Twitter. No, I'm just, I'm all here for twin swap on all levels twin across swap. all timelines. Yeah, so the Moping Owl on Twitter, great username, says, So Devlin's opposed to the woods being dug up. I wonder why. What has he got buried there? And then Highs and Lows, 82 on Twitter, says, Lexi, who was, I'm guessing, driving the car, is Cassie's fetch or doppelganger, which is why she went previously undercover as Lexi, as Frank mentioned when he was in Cassie's home. So they mightn't be twins, but maybe they look really alike, and that's why she went undercover as yeah, I think there's two people. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not There's two people. They might necessarily be twins, but... I didn't consider the twins thing, but I do believe Cassie when she says she didn't go looking for a birth cert. Oh, I kind of do as well. Oh, Although, guys, I don't on, believe I her. I don't, so now I don't know what I'm talking I don't know about. why. All I know for at this point is I love the woman in the mobility scooter and Quigley's going to crack the case. But like you say, when it gets to that point, we won't want him to crack it because mm. we'll be It'll all come so invested down. and protective of Rob. And I'm 99.9% sure that um, Cassie is investigating Rob because mm. she's been ordered yeah. either by Nidge, sorry, really not going to call him any other name, or by O'Kelly. 
well, I'm four weeks of this exhausted. Well, like in a, gr- in a great. It, way. The thing is, as well, you know, we've to do two recaps in one podcast this time I know, around. This a is a feature length so movie, guys. Also, guys, you know what? Meaning I'm absolutely a feature length podcast. Um, the states are getting get it out across eight weeks. It's starting oh. on Stars on Sunday, the tenth of November, and running for eight consecutive weeks until yeah. the twenty ninth of December. Perfect. I Why mean, are we shoving them into? I, d- I, I would like know. an expl- I would like yeah. an explanation. It's too good to be shoved out shoving twice a week. Two episodes in a week shoved. and shoving it until ten thirty five at night. Twenty five <laughs> to eleven. Shove it. That's like a rerun of Neighbours. I'm dead. Twenty five to eleven. This is quality television. It doesn't need to be shoved to 10.35 at night no although I mean we'll bloody watch it I watch oh absolutely I'll watch it 15 times I'll give RT the watch for an hour and 42 minutes about it <laughs> um, but if you have any thoughts or theories you can email them to shrinepod at gmail.com we are on all social medias Facebook Twitter and Instagram at shrinepod across the board um, we're not live tweeting this series because it's going out at different times yeah. 15 times different a week it's going, it's out, it's 17 times a week it goes out at three o'clock in the morning on RT too. So no, we're not live tweeting it, but you can obviously have the crack with us on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts and theories. Send them in. We want to hear from you. We need help. We need to crack this case. Yeah. And thanks for listening. And thanks for listening for so long. Yeah, I'm off for a tit. <laughs> we're still here. We're off for a tit sandwich. There's definitely a moon outside, isn't there? <laughs> Do they do them in vegan? <laughs> This is TV worth talking about, so we want to hear what you have to say. Find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at ShrinePod.